Player prop. Hey, hello everyone, John Simons, PPG Grandpa. Welcome to this week's episode. This is episode 68 with David Kumpala. You know, uh, real quick, this is my last week of actually working a J-O-B. And on Friday will be my last time I have to work for the man come 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. And hopefully that these podcasts will be a little bit better. I've been so exhausted over the months and months, year uh, that, that has been going on. And I apologize for, <laughs> I just apologize for that. Um, hopefully everything will be a little bit different, a little bit more coherent, uh, a little bit more streamlined come this next week on Monday where we have Andy Holmes as our guest. But right now is episode number 68 with uh, David Kumpala. Um, he has 250 subs right now, so make sure you go over to paramotorguest.com when you get the chance subscribe and hit that bell notification for him that way you know it, it helps out the new people the the guests that are on the show we totally appreciate you here on ppg grandpa's paramotor podcast you can watch us on clearproptv.com and listen to us at paratalk.org on with the show Welcome. This is Sean Simons, your PPG Grandpa, and this is PPG Grandpa's Pure Motor Podcast, also known as ClearPropTV.com. If you want to listen to us and not see our beautiful faces, you can always go to Paratalk.org. Let me run through our panel members real quick before we get to our guests. We got JP Tulo in the house. If you want to say hi to him, make sure you say hi to him because we're going to be doing one spin at about eight o'clock i assume you're you're okay jp all the way to eight o'clock right all right good deal make sure you say hi to jptulo.com in the chat let them know that you're here we also got linda anderson she is our cheerleader she's got her pom-poms yay linda anderson you can always get up with her at paramomusa.com we also got brian hey bale waller you know what? we should have got you heybalewaller.com but instead you can always find his shenanigans over at ppgbrian.com. We've got Flying Flamingo Jade in the house. Man, you got a bunch of different dot-coms. You're, uh, you're paramotorgirl.com, aren't you? So we can find her at paramotorgirl.com. Check out her shenanigans. She flies the trike, right? We also got Tomahawk Tees, and we'll talk more about that later. Will Fly. What's up, Will Fly? Welcome to the show. Willflyppg.com. Check out his fun shenanigans over on his youtube channel and of course we got eric and you can find him at ericlear.com if you want to ask questions please make sure you start your uh question with at um what, what are you you're at eric ppglear.com on the chat and he's going to make sure that we hear your questions so today we have david david you've been flying for six months we got a couple of oops that we want to walk, uh, talk about today, some blunders. This is episode 68. David, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's really nice to be here. Now, before we start going on, we got to hear a little bit about yourself. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How'd you get into paramotors? And um, 
you know, what do you think of it? Did you fly drones too? I, I did. Um, and I think that's a gateway drug for, for a lot of us. This is um, true. You know, watching watching things in first person. And then I started doing um, litchi flights, you know, the automated waypoint flights so that I could um, uh, get a lot longer flights, get a, get down lower, do them over and over again, automated uh, to be able to get, you know, just right over the trees and things like that, uh, you know, with, um, uh, you know, as low as possible, low and slow, I think is, is the way to go. Uh, I've tried, as far as aviation goes, I grew up in an aviation family. My father was a, um, a professor for Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University growing up. And so I was in small airplanes since, you know, my first memories were in, were in the backseat of a Cessna, not being tall enough to be able to see out, just getting kind of seasick or airsick rather. Uh, as we flew around and landed in uh, grass fields and stuff like that when I was younger. The, uh, uh, but, you know, so I logged some hours uh, with my father when I was, you know, 16-ish or something like that. And, uh, you know, over time I've tried, I think I tried just about everything aviation. I've tried fixed wing gliders. I've done tandem hang gliding. Uh, I've, I've skydived a couple times. Um, uh, in my career before I retired, I've been retired for 11 years now. Uh, I, I was flying internationally, so I got to spend a whole lot of time in the, in the passenger seats of commercial jets uh, and uh, done a few helicopter flights and stuff like that. But nothing, nothing really sung to me to, to make the investment of doing until I saw PPG uh, for the first time. And, you know, at that point, I've been flying drones for a while and I was like wow you know to actually be the drone to be able to fly in real time you know instead of watching the camera footage that came in from a waypoint flight or something after the fact to be able to see that with my own eyes with you know nothing between me and the sky at, that was just a level of of you know uh romance if I can use that word uh that you know I just thought was extremely attractive and as tough as things have been over the last year, uh, you know, being locked down with COVID and us not being able to see our friends and family as, as much as we'd like, one of the bright sides of it was is that you could get training uh, fairly quickly without, you know, necessarily waiting, you know, months or years in advance. So my wife asked me what I wanted for uh, my birthday and I, and I gave her a few ideas and one of them was PPG training and uh, been watching a lot of videos online at that point for about a year. And uh, I was familiar, familiar with Aviator, so she gave him a call. And you know, a few weeks later, I was off to Lake Wales. I guess that's better than getting socks and underwear for your birthday. Well, I get that too. But, you know, <laughs> what, what, what else does a middle-aged man need? Socks, I, underwear, and PPG. That, that sounds like the next T-shirt that we should make. <laughs> socks, underwear, and PPG. <laughs> now we're watching a video uh, right now. Are you able to see this? The I video, am. David. Okay, so let's go ahead and go back to the beginning to, of, of this video here. Now, what are we watching on this video? You're watching my first takeoff. Um, this is Mike Brown talking me through, and off to his yep. left is David Nickerson, who was being trained uh, at the time, and he. He, he was my main guy at the very end, but uh, Mike was the one that got me into the sky and, and did my first several flights with me. Um, uh, uh, Fletch uh, and uh, Chris Garrison, AJ Goyne were some of the other trainers that I was training with uh, back in late October of 2020 here. 
And so here you see me. Hey, who's doing the screen share? Sorry to interrupt you. David. It's me. Did you uncheck the audio? Yes. And optimize a little yes. bit, a little bit uh, glitchy. Sorry. Go ahead, David. No worries. The um, uh, but yeah. So so um, actually, the the best part I like about that particular video is uh, um, Mike's voice um, as as we're going through. I I've always thought not, there's that there probably aren't many jobs harder than being a paramotor uh, instructor, just, you know, trying to get, you know, guys to get out of, you know, get into a stable head and get that thing kited and get safely into the sky. And I've listened, I've listened to Mike's voice over and over again, you know, as we all like watching our first flights and, uh, and it always excites me to, to listen to the excitement in a, in an instructor's voice as they, you know, finally get one of us noobs into the sky. Now, what did you think when you first started doing this, that, that they were just going to make you taxi or did you know that you were going to go full and fly? Well, we, we all got a good night's sleep the day before. And I'm probably, I'm, I'm hoping that nobody is, uh, is watching this. that's going to training anytime soon and might remember this, but, uh, we, we were under the impression that all we were going to do is more kiting the next morning, uh, with the motor that. on. And, mm -hmm. uh, then, you know, out of our class of seven, there was uh, one guy who was who was really just a natural. He was the youngest guy in the group, and you know they started his motor up. And the next thing we know, we watched him run into the sky, and we're like, "Oh, today's a day." But we all had a great night's sleep the day before because we thought it was going to be an easy day, and we wouldn't have gotten much sleep if we thought we were going to be flying the next day. So it was a it was a really good thing. That's yeah, a pretty good trick they pulled on everybody there. Yep. Um, yeah, I recognize Mike Brown walking there, even with the glitchy video like it is. So that, that's Mike. <laughs> He's a good guy, man. He's awesome. And and if you want to know where you can find um, David, just go to paramotorguest.com. That's where you're able to see our guests' main, um, I guess, social media. And your main social media right now is your YouTube, right? You don't have anything else that you use? Instagram that's all I, I don't have too many fans, so and I really wasn't looking for any, but um, uh, if anybody, if, if, if my mistakes or, um, you know, even my fun flights might entertain anybody for a few minutes, you know, welcome to have you. Well, when I first saw your channel, you had about 250 subscribers right now. You, the last time I saw you had 253 subscribers. So if anybody is watching and would like to see, What's going on here? Just go to paramotorguest.com and it'll go to David's channel. Now, this is your first landing? This is my first landing, yep. That was a really good landing. Hey, I, you know, I, I've been married uh, for quite a while. I know what to, you know, when to do what I'm told. And uh, <laughs> the, guys, the guys at Aviator did a really nice job of telling me exactly what I needed to know, when I needed to do it. And, uh, you know, they've got the timing down so that they tell you, you know, with the, with the expectation of the appropriate pause, I suppose, depending on, on the student they're, they're teaching. Um, and uh, I just did what I was told. And I, I thought all those guided flights were darn easy myself. So you got the running into the uh, sky and um, I've checked out, you know, a couple more of your videos. Um, you, you do some pretty good editing and you got some pretty good music going on. So um, let's go ahead and watch 
your next one here. This is full flight number 35. Darren, hooked in backwards. Did you fix it or did you take off? Oh, God, no. I paused. Uh, yeah, I, I boarded that takeoff and, and redid it. That's, I think that's the only time I got the wing up and uh, with it with it clipped in backwards i've noticed every other time that i've that i've done it but live and learn i made a lot of mistakes do you do you have a a um i guess a checklist that you go off of when you are preparing to fly do you have a pre-flight uh i i had a printed checklist but i've got it memorized by now it, you know my pre-flight and everything else it's you know, it's, it got ingrained in my head pretty early. So, you know, I've got that, but every once in a while, you know, I'd, especially in the earlier flights, I'd grab the toggles and, you know, sorry, I'd grab the, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The brakes? Um, no, no, no. The, uh, when I'm clipping in, what do you call the end of all carabiners? the lines? The what? The risers, carabiners. The risers. Um, and clipping them in, uh, backwards. I've done that a few times, but I've noticed it, you know, um, uh, you know, while doing the the uh, roads and streets kind of check and the brake uh, clear to pulley check and stuff like that, I'd notice when it's backwards. But that one time I did not get it. But, you know, it, the, the joy of uh, PPG is, you know, most of the things that go wrong, go wrong before you take off, um, at least as far as, you know, errors like that. And it's, you know, I don't know if I could have gotten off the ground like that. Um, another time I tried to take off and I had a cravat, it's like, there's no, there's no way to miss that. Um, you know, if it's a significant cravat, you feel it. There's, you'd have to be pretty, um, uh, unaware to not notice, uh, a, a large cravat, at least, you know, based on my very limited experience. Um, if my video is choppy, I'm sorry, I actually got it plugged into the computer now so we actually ran a line so hopefully my computer is going to be great uh kent stamey in the chat uh, sent us 20 bucks so thank you very much he said hello family you can find him at kentstamey.com so um you got a couple of blunders you said um tell us about the trims out trying to take off with the trims all the way out uh, not, not really a whole not really a blunder blunder but you sure got your exercise that day what happened uh, I I, indeed I did the um uh I, I suppose it was five weeks from training uh until I received my equipment there was a bit of a you know a COVID backlog um uh with the paramotor I, I had the wing right away and I did a, a you know I kited once or twice and I really should have been doing a lot more kiting during that period because I found that um during that five-week period you know, not being a spring chicken, uh, a lot of what I'd learned just didn't stick as well as it should have. And I had to kind of remind myself, relearn, reread, and uh, trying to get that muscle memory back. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, I hadn't been changing my trims very much in training. And I didn't, I, I misread the manual on the uh, Spider 3 that I had purchased. And I thought I had the trims all the way in when I had the trims all the way out. So uh, here I am in, you know, in reflex mode, attempting to try and take off. Uh, so that was a really long run, pulling hard into the brakes to be able to, you know, to get off the ground. And then a really, really slow climb out, which wouldn't normally be a problem. I, you know, if, it was, if I was back in Lake Wales, you've got, you know, all day before you, you know, the nearest tree or building, you know, comes up on you. But out of the airport that I've been flying at, um, 
it's it's you know it's got power lines on three sides it's got trees on all four sides so unless you're flying out directly over the runway you're gonna you've got tall trees and elevation changes and all that other kind of stuff to go over and uh one of the local instructors actually saw me on one of my one of those launches and he was like man i didn't know if you were going to make it over those power lines or not and uh you know the 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 video of it unfortunately i didn't uh post it up here in advance but it was i it, it's it was actually off to the left of what you're looking at right now there's power lines that run across that street uh parallel to the uh to the runway and then there's tall pines right behind that and i just barely cleared those you know it's when you have to lift your feet because you're afraid you're going to hit a power line or a tree wow. you're way too close <laughs> absolutely we got a couple of questions in chat brian did you want to ask the questions um in the Zoom. Yeah, Jim had Jim had quite a few questions. One of them was, uh, how long before you think you're going to take uh, your first SIV, or are you even considering one? I would love to. I'd love to have the experience. Um, my first goal was to kind of just get get comfortable again with the basics. I'm I'm not a heavy risk taker. Um, uh, Acro is not on my list of things that I really want to do. Um, I mean, I, I really respect the the guys that do. I you know really enjoy watching it, but it's it's just not my thing. At least at least not at this point. I'm more interested in doing cross countries and things like that. But I am really safety focused. I mean, I've uh, you know I I um, you know got my reserve uh, installed before my you know the first flight on my own. I uh, I've flown with flotation. You know, as soon as I got my equipment. Um, I tend to, to run my strobe even, you know, before it, you know, it starts to get dark. Anything I run it I, anytime that I fly. I, that's, that's a good thing. And what do you, what do you have to lose? Nothing. Yeah. It's like Better a motorcycle cool. with the headlight on. Right. Yeah. So, so you, you trained an aviator. How many flights did you have and, and did you leave with gear or did you have to wait on it? Uh, I, I, I got 26 flights in, um, which Sweet. I think. Yeah, it's it's about I, from what I understand for the two week program that Aviator does, that's kind of uh, most people are are working their way trying to get to that magic twenty five number. Yeah. So you know, I made it there, and and if uh, over half the class uh, made it, uh, you know, to that number, um, which is really nice because I mean, you you take you take your PPG one and your PPG two test while you're there, mm -hmm. and you know, in it all gets submitted and in a couple of weeks, you know, you, if, if you choose to, you can join us PPA and the uh, USUA and get your insurance. I so, think my uh, internet's kind of choppy. If someone else wanted to, um, to try to uh, share his, his videos, that'd be fine with me. So, I'm so sorry, what gear ahead. did you end up getting? Um, did you, did you buy it from aviator? Uh, Brian, I walked, I walked, yes, I bought everything from Aviator. Um, I, I got a chance to fly uh, one of the uh, classes spiders that they had there. So, you know, I got to try that out at least, I think for my last four or five flights or so. Um, I can try it, Sean. Okay. I was, I was comfortable with that wing. It seemed, uh, it seemed like it had most of the features that I'd want out of a, a beginner wing, but yet, you know, the more advanced features, you know, as I, as I got a, a little more proficient over time. So I went ahead with that as opposed to a mojo. Um, now in, you know, I could have argued back and 
I kind of mentally argued back and forth with myself after the fact. It's like, it might be nice in some cases to have it for it to be a little less bumpy, you know, as it would be with, you know, the, uh, the ozone's a wing, um, uh, or, you know, to be able to fly, uh, potentially midday since, you know, you know the thermals aren't going to be as, uh, as bouncy as they would be with, you know, a, a, a more efficient wing. Um, but, uh, I, I've been, I've been, uh, happy with the purchase I made. The paramotor itself was on back order. Uh, I've got um, uh, uh, Parajet Maverick uh, with an Atom 80. So, okay. um, but I'm I'm pretty lightweight guy. I'm somewhere between 145 and 150. So my climb outs with an Atom Perfect. 80 are usually are usually pretty good, which is great considering you know that you know, my beginning area here is is relatively tight depending on the wind direction. What size spider did you get on a 22 or 24? 22. Okay. Yes, yeah, that sounds about right for your size, man. Yeah. Um, I started out with the Mojo for for a whole year. I trained at Aviator as well, and then uh, I, I just upgraded to the Spider a few months ago, and I love it, man. I mean, it, they they fly great, but I think most of the students, probably over half of them, that get their gear there probably start out with a Spider versus a Mojo. Yeah, so, I mean, I I've I've given it some thought recently, and I'm like, you know, you know, it wouldn't hurt to have. Uh, a second wing available and you know eventually i'd like to be able to do cross country so you know something like a speedster or something like that uh or the equivalent wing from from another manufacturer uh would be my long-term goal but i i really see an advantage for a lot of people of having you know a true a wing that's just nice and slow and comfortable to fly and you don't feel the bumps and things like that i mean they're just days when it'll be more pleasant, I think, to fly with an, with an A-wing, even if you've got the experience, uh, you know, to be flying with, you know, something more advanced. Yeah, I hope to do thermaling one day, so I don't plan on getting rid of my Mojo A-wing, you know. Awesome. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of the instructors at Aviator, they, they still keep their old Mojo, um, and that's what they get it out for. They, you know, Eric, come out here at 1, 1 p.m., who wants to go thermaling? And I'll get the Mojos out and go. And uh, I, I hope that I can get to that point one day. You will. It's only a matter of time. Um, let's see. Um, JP, can you find the motor out one? And while he's doing that, I want to say uh, thank you to John Wayne. Uh, gave us 10 bucks in the super chat. He said he's the, the number one fan. Um, if that's not true... Someone better say something else. Walter in the house. What's up? Uh, DP's in the house. Uh, Nick Griffiths. Who else? Um, scrolling up here. Who else is it? Mark H. PPG trike jockey. Never trust skinny chef Shane. Uh, Yankee paramotor. JR paramotor. Uh, Kent Stamey. Um, if I, oh, slow days is here. And there's a lot of blue wrenches. I'm scrolling up yeah. all those blue wrenches. <laughs> Almost uh, everybody's a moderator. I know, right? Uh, so what, one more question that Jim CR120 had in the chat was, is now that you fly on your own, what are the main things that you seek to improve? Everything. I've, 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 I've got a lot to learn, and I realize that. Um, you know, I like to joke that I thought I made every mistake so yeah. far, and, and yet I still find new ones, you know, <laughs> at least every other flight or so it's like, I didn't know I could do that wrong. And, uh, you know, sure enough, I did. Um, 
you know, thankfully, like I said, you know, most of the, most things, uh, at least everything I've run into so far, um, I haven't, I haven't had any injuries. Worst case was, uh, uh, was a little bit of a bruise here or there or something like that, or, you know, maybe a little bit of a bruised ego, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, I've landed, you know, I tripped once, uh, and landed on my front knees on takeoff. Um, uh, but you know, wing over flew me, everything was fine. Didn't clip me, didn't hurt, you know, the, uh, the paramotor or the prop or anything like that. Haven't, you know, knock on wood, you know, haven't, uh, haven't done any real damage to equipment with, uh, one exception where I chopped a wing. Um, uh, so, you know, I've been a combination, I think of both lucky and, uh, 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 benefiting from the effort that folks put into the design of our wings and to the paramotor. So I, you know, I'm, I'm sure the advancements technologically in this sport over the last 20 years have got to be really significant. Absolutely. But to answer, to answer the question, as far as things I really want to work on in, in the short term, I, I, I still need to work on my landings. Uh, too many of my landings, um, end up with, uh, landing gear malfunctions, you know, coming from here where I'm not running when I hit the ground. And so I'll go down to a knee. Um, uh, occasionally the ground rush as I'm looking down, uh, throws me off. Um, and you know, I'm not really going that fast and I could easily run it out and it, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, throws me off a bit. Um, I need to spend a lot more time with ground handling, um, uh, that's clear to me. I, uh, uh, Will Fly and I were together with a few other guys this weekend. And um, although most of most of my launches I'll get on the first go, at least in an environment that I'm familiar with and comfortable with, if uh, you know, if I'm thrown a little bit off, I find that the mental game affects me some, and you know, I'll lose you know even uh, you know a bit of my basic kiting skills. And, uh, you know, I really need to get to the point that I'm, it, it's just all motor memory, uh, you know, as far as, as far as my launches go. I also need to spend a lot of time working on reverse launches. I haven't done reverse launches since, um, since I was being trained in Lake Wales. And I really want to get that down for the higher wind days. Um, uh, interestingly though, I mean, I live in the central Carolinas, so most of our, most of our days are pretty dead on the ground, at least. I'd rather reverse launch than forward any day. It's it's a great skill to have, and you don't have to run, and it just feels cooler because you just take a couple steps and you're in the air. Yeah, certainly looks better. (laughs) Yeah, it looks cooler too. Yeah, and you can check all your lines, make sure that you clipped in right before you even put up power. JP, did you find the? uh, This is it. This this is is the the video. The the Uh, uh, motor out motor out. Yeah. All right. So this is the motor out video. Uh, you want to talk us through it? Yeah. yeah so, dude. so what's going That's on here? Um, uh, I I did not have uh, any prior experience with two two stroke motors, so you know I didn't realize how finicky you know the um, the load jet needs to be set and you know how basically when I when I received my equipment it was running way way too rich, and um, you know even even in thirty degree temperatures it was it was choking out. Um, just flooding. And, uh, you know, I, I 
adjusted it too much in the opposite direction. I did a lot of testing at different RPMs, trying to make sure that everything was going to be uh, copacetic, but at the high end for just the low jet. So, you know, somewhere in the 4,000 RPMs, it, uh, uh, it would eventually just run out of fuel running too lean. And that's, that's what I believe happened that day. I just had it set, you know, I was, just, I was just coming in. Uh, I was over, I was over my LZ and uh, the, the power just, um, you know, the engine conked. I, in retrospect, I, you know, if I were more experienced, I had plenty of altitude to um, reach up and restart the engine. Uh, but, you know, I, I just thought, okay, well, you know, I'm over my LZ, uh, you know, I'll just come in. But I came in a little bit long. Uh, I did, you know, I did some S turns on the way in, some light S turns, should have, should have done a little more of that. And I ended up coming in long. And what I'm heading towards uh, right before this, if you go back about 30 seconds. Yeah, there we go. So I'm coming in, uh, skip a little bit further ahead of dinner, closer to the end. Okay. If you're, if you're listening to us right now, what we're doing is we're searching for Pause something. Right you can always find us at clearproptv.com to actually watch this. So I, I'm coming in long. Um, uh, you can see that's the end of the runway there. There's a, there's a road there. There's power lines directly beyond it. I know I'm either going to go into the road or the power lines at this point. So um, even though I'm landing in the wind into the what little wind there is, I decide to go uh, to make a turn crosswind. It's just so that I'm not faced with the, <laughs> the uh, unpleasant scenario of being caught on a power line. Uh, and, you know, then I just kind of came in a little bit too hard and and took it on both knees, but you know, thankfully, um, I, I'm more or less made out of rubber, and I just kind of bounce. It didn't look terrible. It, uh, I mean, no, for, uh, you didn't. Have, you didn't have much altitude to work with, dude. So, I can. You didn't freak out, which is great. And uh, you know, you had power lines right in your face, tree to the right. You know, power lines to the left. Um, yeah, that'd be a challenge LZ for, for a newbie yeah, for sure. Thing. Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, in, in training, I mean, uh, Brian, you've heard this as well. It's, you know, it, it's, and I probably all of us have, you know, it's, it seems to be mostly just a, a mental game. And, you know, at least for me, my anxiety occurs mostly on the ground before I'm, before I'm up. So I make most of my mistakes there. Once I'm up in the air, even, even if I'm in, you know, surprisingly bad air, which has happened to me a couple times, um, uh, that doesn't bother me so much. And, you know, coming in for a landing doesn't, doesn't make me anxious so much, you know, even though I've, I've landed on knees several times, you know, uh, due to ground rush or whatever, um, you know, I've managed to keep my head through, through those. Um, heck, even one time uh, I was on new equipment uh, that hadn't been tried before. And it was actually the hang points were reversed for an Adam 80. And uh, I was getting a bit of torque twist um, and, you know, I was, I was offsetting it. This was probably flight seven. And uh, I was offsetting it by leaning really hard. And unfortunately, my comms had gone out at the same time. So, you know, I've got, uh, I've got Mike Brown on the ground yelling into the, in, into uh, the, the two meter radio oh. to, to come back down on the throttle. And uh, I didn't hear him because, you know, my, uh, my connection had, had come partially out and, you know, I'm just kind of up there. I'm like, well, why is it pulling so hard to the left? And, you know, so I'm leaning hard to the right, 
try not to go over the uh, the pot field, which they don't like you flying over in Lake Wales. <laughs> and uh, and then all why. of a sudden, I, I, you know, Mike had told me right before that flight, he's like, I'm not going to say anything if everything's going okay. You know, so I'm like, oh, you know, it's been a while, you know, I'm, he hasn't said anything yet and then all of a sudden you know the 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 mic uh connection gets gets back in there and all of a sudden i've got i've, I've got um mike yelling at me you know to to throttle back throttle back throttle back you know over and over again thinking that you know i was just frozen or something up there and when in fact i couldn't just hear him and i'm like you know i'm like okay you don't have to yell <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we got back down on the ground and saw you know it just hadn't been put together properly and thank goodness i wasn't you know, didn't end up with a riser twist. All right. Um, any more questions in the chat, Brian? I think we covered most of them. The Jim had quite a few of them. Um, he asked, well, I don't think we asked this one, how many flights is, um, how many, how, blah, blah, blah. How have flights been going since then and what gets in the way of flying since training? You said you're up to 53 flights now, you said? Yes, sir. Uh, the only thing that really, it, my biggest obstacle, I think at this point, well, you know, other than uh, scheduling and stuff like that, you know, it's, you know, there are, there have been weeks that, you know, there's only one good flying opportunity and, you know, my wife has to work late that day or something like that. And so, you know, that's been a minor challenge, but I mean, most, most of my challenges once, once I'm at my LZ are mostly in my head. <clears throat> so I think I had about 60 flights when I had my accident and I, I was up to probably about four months. Um, and I felt like I knew it all. I mean, I felt like I was a great pilot <laughs> at that point. And, and I know now I've got 115 flights and uh, I, I know that I, I was nowhere near experienced enough to be doing what I was doing. I still am not. And uh, I've been, I think, uh, sure. yeah. That's something that everybody goes through, and I think a lot of people are still stuck in that that phase where they think they're great pilots. I, I you know, I felt like that for a while, and now I'm back. You know, I, I still, I, I try to keep it in my head that I'm still a newbie, you know? Like, not until I get 10,000 hours. That's what they say. Uh, you need 10,000 hours to be an expert at anything. So, if you I mean approach, if you approach life with that, know sort of expectation i feel like you're better the outcome's gonna be better than if you head into it acting like you know it all and there's nothing you can learn from any situation so i had we never quit learning i've been kind of the opposite i think um i've i've, i i look i i've been recording my videos from the uh sorry my flights from the ground uh i don't always catch the landings if i'm going long but you know especially in the early ones um but uh you know I'll look at everything after the, after the flight the next day. And it's like, okay, well, you know, what went wrong? I tend to be a little, I, at least from my perspective, I think I tend to be on the overly critical side and there'll be times when I'll sit there and I'll say that launch just didn't go well. I didn't have enough feel for the wing on the launch. Um, you know, I think I was chasing it around a little bit too much. Uh, you know, I had an oscillation, you know, that I, you should have been able to correct earlier or something like that. And I'll look at the video after and I'm like, well, maybe it's not that bad. Um, but uh, I'm at this point, I, I think I'd be lucky if I called myself an average pilot for someone, you know, in their early 50 flights. Um, so I might be, you know, I might be below average and I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, cause I, 
as far as I'm concerned, nothing's going to keep me out of the sky. So I'm going to keep at it until I get it. Oh yeah. Don't worry about being an average man. There's always somebody better than us um, <laughs> for sure. Um, Todd Scandrick wants to know uh, how you're liking your new buff. My new buff. He neck must... buff. I guess uh, it's uh, like a, a like a neck gator. Buff. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I had the pleasure of meeting Todd for the uh, first time this weekend. It was only briefly, but uh, I wanted to meet him for a while. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry. It's still in the passenger seat in my car. I haven't pulled it out, sir. Oh, <laughs> you're in trouble. Well, yeah. I have, and I loved it. So thank you, Todd. It was real nice seeing him this, this weekend. It was. What was this weekend? Oh, you didn't hear about the big flying man? What? Yeah. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let the, I'll let the guest uh, describe the flying. We had a great time. I can tell yeah, you that. We, uh, yeah, I, I had a blast. Um, in, in the LZ that I've been flying from, you know, although it's considered one of the places that you send people in the, in the central Carolinas to go and, and practice. Cause they're really, the owner is really PPG friendly. He's friendly with, you know, with all small aircraft and um, uh, they keep they keep the field that we fly from nicely mowed and stuff like that. So it's so it's been really nice. But it's been it's been kind of lonely. I mean, I most of my available days are during the weekdays and things like that. Um, they do run a para uh, sorry they run a um, skydiving a small skydiving operation out of there, which runs you know uh, on the weekends primarily. So I'll tend to avoid that airport uh, on the weekend days. Um, and fly out of uh, a nearby airport called Shelby instead. But um, the there really isn't a whole lot of PPG uh, guys, at least during the week weekdays, that I run into. Um, uh, there's a guy named Don who does some training out of out of there, but you know they're mostly a lot of them are introductory courses and stuff like that. People aren't in the sky or they're not in the sky for very long. So it's been it's been really quiet, and I've been doing things on my own, which you know I think affects my uh, um, willingness to do new things or, you know, until I'm sure that I've got it down. I don't want to end up in a field, you know, a couple miles away from my LZ and be trying to call an Uber in the middle of, you know, nowhere, uh, North Carolina, trying to get, you know, me and my gear back. But um, uh, one of the, uh, there's, a few guys that I have run into out there. One of them, uh, his name is Ben Lorenzi, and uh, he's got uh, a nice piece of property uh, um, in uh, just east of Charlotte. And uh, so he had a he had uh, a little mini meetup uh, where he invited uh, you know all the the local pilots if they were interested in coming out. And so uh, Will and I both did. Um, uh, and I guess there were what? Well, there were probably like six or seven of us that that were flying mm -hmm. uh, this weekend. Uh, Todd Falstead, Yankee Paramotor, was out there. Uh, like I said, Don uh, Don Ober Don. from uh, Mojo's Flight School. Um, uh, ben and a, and a few other guys were were out there, and it was uh, I, we had we had a really good time. I had a really really tough weekend uh, with my launches uh, that weekend, and and uh which was a, a bit of a a bit of a kicker but um we had a really good time uh had dinner together uh ben's got a really nice place and we all just kind of hung out for for a while and had a blast yeah we really did and uh 
Um, hey, it was <laughs> it wasn't just you, man. I had some failed <laughs> some failed launches myself. So hey, I mean, you know, it's just sometimes it's your turn, you know, and hey, yeah, it was our turn. I, I, I appreciate I appreciate the support that I got from you and from Todd and from Ben. Uh, you know, cause it's, it's tough on the ego when you have a, a long series of failed launches. I, you know, uh, on the first day I was, I was determined to get up that day. I hadn't flown in over a week and I was like, I I've got to fly. And, uh, this, uh, as nice as this property is that, uh, Ben has, it's, it's basically a rectangle surrounded by tall trees on all sides. And, uh, it's on a hill and uh, it was just our luck that on both of the days that we were there, the wind was predominant wind was, you know, if there was any, it was either completely dead or it was uh, blowing in from the wrong direction so that you had to run up uh, a reasonably steep hill through uh, grass. I don't want to exaggerate, Will, so correct me if I'm wrong, somewhere between six and eight inches tall. Sounds and good. I just didn't have the energy to do it. <laughs> Man, you, you are, you were tenacious though. I mean, how many, how many, uh, attempts did you do that? That one, that, that, that one set, that, that day I blew seven launches in a row. And, um, uh, you know, my rules been that, you know, if I got, if I get to three failed launches, then I pack it in for the day. Cause my head's not in the game. And, but that day I was, I was stubborn. I was tired, um, which wasn't helping. Really? I, you know, I, I, gone running before I uh, went out to Bend. So, you know, I was a little bit tired. And then I was surprised of having to run an uphill, which I've never really had to do. I've run up small inclines and things like that in the fields, but uh, never actually up a hill. And uh, I was a little anxious about the, the environment with the tall trees and things like that around as well. So I wasn't on the power quick enough to, to have it do the work for me. So I'm trying to haul my, haul my wing up. Uh, so that it was, uh, it was, it was challenging. And I just, I, I kept at it probably a lot longer after I'd quit. And I, you know, I got a five minute flight right at sunset there that first day. But as, as, uh, as much as I beat myself up over my failed launches, you know, at, at three or four o'clock that, you know, the next morning when I woke up thinking about it, it, that five minutes in the air still did me a lot of good. And I'm glad I kept with it until i got that five minutes <laughs> man you were drenched with sweat i mean that's oh an understatement God. you were not going to give up and i bet you didn't have any trouble sleeping that night either oh i, I certainly <laughs> fell asleep right away will um yeah it was uh yeah that i i, I had a jacket on because it started out being kind of kind of chilly there in the evening and you know I, I think i just soaked down a jacket with sweat it was yeah it was it was a rough day <laughs> But once again, I, I really appreciate, um, and, you know, uh, we've seen this come up in, uh, you know, the paramotor, uh, Facebook site and stuff like that. It's, it's really nice when the experienced guys are supportive, uh, you know, uh, like you and Todd and Ben were of the more junior guys like myself, especially when we're having a bad day. So it's really appreciated, sir. Glad to do it. But again, it was me who needed the help. Remember that. <laughs> uh, so are you going to take some time to uh to walk us through uh, uh yeah uh, I, I would but i'm i decided i'm going to put a video out okay on that and uh, oh sweet yeah so maybe maybe about a week
So if you want to, if you want to see where our, our guest is and and what look at his YouTube, make sure you go to paramotorguest.com. Will Fly said he's going to post something, so make sure you go to willflyppg.com. We appreciate everyone that has uh, been saying stuff in the chat. The chat just keeps on going. Don't forget to say hello to JP Tulo because he's going to put your name in the spinning wheel of winning things. So we're going to be spinning here in about twenty minutes. This is episode sixty eight of PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, also known as clearproptv.com. And what's that last one? Paratalk.org? I was hoping for someone to say, paratalk.org, we know what this is. We're listening. <laughs> Our guest today is uh, David, uh, is it Kumpla? You can pronounce it any way you want, Sean. Uh, I, it, my family pronounces it Kumpla. Kumpla, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I said it earlier, so I apologize. Uh, so you've been flying for about Kumpa six. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Kumpa Loompa? Kumpa Loompa. No. Loompa. Kumpa Loompa. Yeah. <laughs> so in your 53 flights, you've had uh, trims out trying to take off. No brakes in your hand uh, one time. You butt landed. You knee landed. Uh, you chopped a wing, lines and prop and all sorts of other fun stuff. So let's go ahead and go back to the no brakes thing. How did that happen and, and what happened? God, you know, sometimes my brain just doesn't function properly. And, you know, it probably happens a lot more often than I'm willing to admit. But uh, one time I, you know, I got all set up and, and uh, you know, ended up with my, my A's, my hand and, um, you know, I got my throttle and I thought I had everything there. And, for some reason, I just hadn't grabbed my brakes, um, which means I didn't check, uh, you know, uh, everything to make sure everything was straight. Uh, and obviously didn't check to make sure if my brakes were clear to pulley and things like that. So I missed several steps that day. So, you know, my head was not not in the game, uh, to be sure. And, you know, I, I launched, I pulled the A's up, released, it was overhead, and I went to go correct. And I'm like, holy mackerel, I don't have my toggles in my hand. And I see him there and I'm like, okay, I'm, I jumped out, grabbed him as quickly as I could and tried to correct where the wing was. But um, uh, by that point, it was, it was probably uh, beyond salvageable and it would, it, it thrown me off, of course, uh, mentally as well. So I, I bailed uh, on, on that launch, uh, but, and kill the engine, but I paused it for, probably a second longer than I should have before I killed the engine and I stopped running uh, because I was aborting the launch and um, got Christmas wrapped by my wing, which went into my prop. And I heard that thump thump noise that we all just hate. Uh, and I'm like, shoot. So now, now I've got a chopped wing. So I brought it home, took a look at it and uh, uh, patched it up. Thankfully, you know, I had enough of, uh, of the, uh, sticky fabric material to, to to take care of the of the fix but now now i'm here i am in my early uh, 50 flights and i still have that badge of shame that it will carry with me for years to come i i i can't you know what let's let's uh let's find out for sure um anybody here in the panel have you ever launched or tried to do a forward and you forgot to pick up your brakes i did that once a long time ago so one two three four Hey, five, five in the panel has done it. Uh, anybody that's listening to us, let us know in the chat. Have you ever tried to do a forward launch and totally forgot to put your brakes in your hands? It, it, it happens. All right. For your next thing, you chopped a wing. 
Who here has chopped a wing, burnt a wing, hurt your wing um, in any way? I burnt my wing. Anybody else? Lines. JP. JP lines. Yeah. Are you, are you you're counting lines? lines. Sure. Yeah. Lines or anything. Anything. Have yeah. you broken anything somehow? Lines. Took mine travel. swimming. What's that? Took mine swimming, but it didn't hurt it. Right. Uh, that wasn't really yeah. your. <laughs> so how about in the chat is anybody chopped a line broke uh something maybe cut your wing or burnt your wing what i did is i was coming in for landing and i usually let it fall behind me and then i'll go again and you know kind of do it like a touch and go well this time wind came up from behind pushed it into my exhaust and burnt a hole about this big into my wing so yeah, i, I don't that. do that anymore um uh ken stamey said broken prop so oh yeah broken props have we ever broken a prop here anybody break a prop i raised one hand for each prop or what <laughs> uh, do you need feet too <laughs> uh, just two just i'm gonna knock on wood now just two now did you break it or just chip it i mean did this need the little some little glue or did you actually break it Brian oh, straight up broke, man. Uh, the one, the bill of hay. Did you see his three leg? Inches off, three inches off one, each half of the prop. And then on the uh, failed launch I had where I got pushed down to my knees, it's like launch number 90 something for me, you know? And all right. of a sudden one day I decided I didn't want to lean back. I leaned forward and gave it gas. Um, yeah. I destroyed half that prop. I think I delaminated the prop about eight inches of the tip, just broken into two pieces. I've had things go through my prop, like my engine exhaust when it broke. I think I had a spring or something that went through. And uh, I found out never foot drag gravel. Hey, now you know. <laughs> and I had something go through there. Um, but never broke a prop, but I chipped a bunch. Um, Nick Griffiths said zero damage. Slow day says broke two props. Um, broke one last night, said John Wayne. Number two. Oh, no. Uh, so many issues. Send a piece of prop through it, says Mark McElroy. Um, did I miss anything else up there? Probably not. All right. So, any questions from anybody on the panel? I do have a question, um, and for our guests, of course. But how often, like on average, would you say, like, because it looked like you were flying in the winter in your videos there? But during the winter months, how, how many on average flights would you get in a month? Uh, you know, as long as, as long as uh, I think I probably average will a uh, couple flights a week, even in the dead of winter. Um, we had, we had one period where there was, I don't know, nine really bad wind days in a row or something like that as one of the fronts was going through. Um, other times I've been challenged by, I, there was a three week period where I couldn't fly at all. Uh, you know, we, uh, we went on a little vacation for a week and then I came back and the wife was, uh, was doing a lot of work travel and things like that. So I was, I was hanging out with uh, my eight year old daughter. Um, so, you know, I was, I was kind of grounded for that period as well. So there was a three week period there where I couldn't fly at all, but um, you know, it, as far as you know there there's probably about two to three 
good evenings on average, even in winter here. And I'm hoping things, you know, especially as it gets warmer uh, here in the Carolinas, uh, mornings become an option as long as I'm willing to get my lazy butt up and out early enough to get, you know, that, that nice uh, early morning weather. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, the, the, the cold didn't really stop me. There was, you know, when it was down in the 20s, uh, you know, that turned me off to flying, even if it was a good wind day. But, um, you know, if it's, if it's 40 degrees and above on the ground, um, I, even, I even went out when it was, you know, 32 one morning, uh, which is as cold as I've, as I've been out, you know, four layers of jackets and, you know, shirts and everything and, and uh, heated glove liners, uh, you know, that seems to do the job. It's, you know, you, you know, I've got, I've got heavy, you know, sh- uh, hiking shoes on uh, and, you know, so feet are never cold, um, get the helmet on. So, you know, your, your head's nice and warm. You put the goggles on. Um, so you're not, you know, crying through your flight in the cold weather. And so, you know, I, I think the Carolinas, if this is a rep- representative year, they're going to be very flyable in years to come. So I, I think I'm very lucky to be in a decent location. And, and we're a couple weather more questions Raleigh, of course. that were in the chat that we never got to. Okay. Um, Mark, Mark H. asked earlier, um, does Davis said he got his PP2 to get insurance through USPPA? Um, I thought you said USUA. The, okay, um, so you're rating, um, as I understand it, someone correct me if I'm if, if I'm saying this incorrectly, USPPA is the one that gives the ratings. USUA used yep. to give ratings as well. Uh, they don't anymore. Um, but uh, so your PPG1, PPG2, PPG3, and trainer ratings, they come from USPPA. Um, but USPPA doesn't have an, an insurance provider agreement anymore. I think they did at one point long before I was... Uh, looking into the sport. So uh, you, but to get uh, the insurance through USUA, of course you have to be a member of USUA as well, mm-hmm. but they require that you have a uh, PPG2 rating from, uh, you know, from the other organization. So you right. technically need to belong to both to uh, update your insurance, to, to get insurance and then to keep it up to date year, annually. Got you. So were you actually able to obtain liability insurance for your rig then? I was, uh, I had that, I, I went out of my way to get that early on my, my intention, not only, you know, for a little bit of peace of mind, I, I suppose I'm not practically speaking, I'm not terribly worried about causing damage, you know, um, you know, by falling out of the sky and onto some grass field or into a tree or something like that. I suppose the bigger risks are, you know, if, if I startled a horse or something like that and it bolted and broke its leg or something like that, I suppose that would probably be a, a more significant cost. But what it really wanted to do was, you know, to begin to establish a series of places, private, uh, privately owned locations to fly from. And I'm one of those guys that tends to ask for permission and ask for forgiveness. And uh, so I've been asking private landowners uh, and, you know, parks and rec uh, directors and things like that for explicit permission to fly from their location. And one of the things I provide is, you know, here is, you know, my insurance policy for a million dollars or whatever it is, just in case something goes awry, Um, along with, you know, um, you know, here's my PPG two rating, which, you know, of course, doesn't mean very much other than, you know, I'm barely able to get myself into the sky most days and some days not. 
Um, but uh, you know, it, it, it looks like something I think to the outside uh, person. Um, oh yeah. It's, it's smart to have and it's good for you getting it. A lot, a lot of uh, people have a, ch a challenge getting it. And like you said, you have to be, have your rating from USPPA um, and then you get the insurance to USUA. Um, has to be signed off. It also has to be signed off by someone that's a certified trainer as well. Okay. Um, you know, so, so AJ going at aviator was the one that, you know, that uh, signed us all off after we passed our exams yep. and got our flights. So, I mean, yeah, there, it, it's definitely a process to, to, to get that. And, you know, I, it's probably a lot easier uh, for most people. And, you know, um, uh, my wife has berated me about it too. She's like, stop asking permission, just find a place that's quiet and go. <laughs> Um, real quick in the chat, if you guys have PPG insurance or some sort of flying insurance, uh, let us know in the chat where you got it, what's the insurance company, and is it for PPG and PG? I like to know as much information as possible. Also, if you know any more information, uh, send it to me at uh, ppggrandpa at gmail.com. We are coming up at about five till eight. If you haven't said hello in the chat, please say hello in the chat. Uh, Mark Georgia said hello in the chat. Hello to all my pair, Pete. Uh, great guest, great information, and donated 20 bucks in the super chat. Thank you very much, Mark George. Appreciate you. But make sure you say hi to JP so we can put you in the spinning wheel of winning things. Uh, any other questions? Yep, there's one from Todd Scandrit, Resurgence PPG here. Uh, he says, ask him if he's flown out of the Walmart in Denver and tell him to get in touch with me during the week. Uh, the Walmart in Denver? Did you fly out of there? No, I've, 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 uh, the, the location that Will and I were at this weekend, um, that was the fourth location that I've flown from, uh, you know, so Lake Wales during training, uh, this, this little airport that you've seen a lot of videos of. Uh, which is called Lenny's Airport, located in Maiden, North Carolina, and uh, a location that's uh, more west of Charlotte called Shelby Airport, which also has a very friendly airport director. It's a lot busier um, a municipal airport, uh, so you need to be more cognizant of, of the traffic and be comfortable with your comms and things like that and flying below the pattern and making your, your announcements as you're coming back in and so forth. So, um, uh, you know, that those were the only three locations I'd flown from before flying out of Ben's location this, uh, this <laughs> weekend. So, yeah, those I think getting more new locations under my belt. I don't know if a Walmart in Denver is a high priority of mine, but I assume being the mile high city, I would be doing a whole lot of running to get off the ground. <laughs> you got the Adam 80, right? <laughs> yes, sir. I yes, think, sir. I think that's why I got the Moster, just so uh, I could take off in a state like Colorado. There you ask, go. Ask uh, Will about going a mile high next time you get the cloud. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and we had this discussion, even there, even uh, uh, you know, at our last get together about uh, possibly switching to the Moster. So I'm that much closer, man. I hear you, man. <laughs> closer to the Moster. Sounds good. <laughs> Josh Perry just said that um, the USPPA used to offer but no longer the other insurance company don't touch us since we don't have an end number. So, yeah, I think that's why the question came up because I think people have been struggling to get their insurance, actually getting their liability insurance. Um, I, I think it's like you said, you have to get somebody to underwrite you or sign off on it. Brian, I didn't have, I didn't have any problem whatsoever. Once um, uh, I, I spoke to, um, I can't remember her name at USPPA and, and, you know, 
talk to her uh, uh, briefly about it. And then, you know, uh, uh, the young lady at the US uh, UA um, uh, who then put me in touch with the insurance provider, which, you know, they, they have a whole policy focused on uh, light <laughs> aviation uh, and ultralights. So um, they were they were both all over it for me as as soon as I made the request uh, through USUA. The, you know, it, the whole process uh, was completed in a few days, um, and I actually had the policy in my hand in about a week. So it it went very smoothly. They were they were um, extremely supportive, and they had their act together. So it was it was a very it was a very positive experience, and for the price you know, roughly of what a new prop would cost, you know, I've got this insurance policy for 12 months that, you know, hopefully will convince, you know, more people to allow me to fly from their property. And you said it was a million dollar policy? Yeah, I think, I think it covers, I think the liability insurance uh, covers a million dollars per incident. It, we we got to revisit the Walmart and Denver question. It's Denver, North Carolina, not Denver, Colorado. No, I've never heard of. No, I am not familiar with a city named Denver in North Carolina. Um, okay, uh, but apparently uh, they got a Walmart. <laughs> apparently they got a Walmart. Apparently it's a good place to fly from. So uh, I definitely need to take up uh, Todd on his uh, suggestion. Well, this is my last week of working for the man, and uh, Friday at four p.m. is the last time, and then from then on, I'm just working paramotor stuff. So I might be able to go out and do more fly-ins, uh, go to different states, meet up with people. So I might be able to go to North Carolina, see you, and find this uh, Walmart to fly out of. That sounds pretty interesting. Uh, we also had Sharky in the Sky ask um, you, the guest. Uh, David, uh, talk about flying under the pattern. Is that something that you you know about? Yeah. So, um, uh, if if you pull up the video of uh, shoot, where is it? Which one is it? And Shelby, Resurgence PBG just said that the insurance is First Flight Insurance Group. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, give them a call. Flight 46, if you pull up, I think it's flight 46. And Denver is just, is just northwest of Charlotte, it looks like. So near Mooresville, west of Concord. Yeah, I'm I'm in uh, I'm just south of Charlotte myself. North Carolina is my old stomping grounds. I got out of the Marine Corps over in Camp Lejeune. I stayed over there in Swansboro and he, uh, uh, Hubert area, then moved to Fayetteville. Was there for a long while. Uh, was a computer engineer at one of the um, colleges. So yeah, I'd like to be able to swing by and say hi to everyone and meet everybody that's in North North Carolina. I think it'd be really swell. Yes, yeah, I said swell. David, you're up to 255 subscribers. You can find him Sweet. over at paramotorguest.com for the rest of this week. And uh, make sure you subscribe to his channel and hit that bell notification. Um, has anybody found that video or do you want I, me to? I, I did. If you pull up Paramotor Flight 46 on my channel and go to, I think it's about a minute and 32 seconds in. 
Uh, that's a flight out of Shelby. So basically I'm working my way south, which um, based on the winds that day, uh, the pattern was also to the south. Um, what the airport director there requested us to do was, um, you know, announce if you're going to go across a runway, only go across the middle, you know, all rules that you become fairly familiar with if you're flying out of municipal airports and things like that, especially if there's traffic, um, uh, you know, where to cross, when to cross, altitudes to cross, things like that. In this case, I was flying somebody's under the gonna, I'm sorry, somebody's going to have to do this. My, I, my, my son's streaming, I'm streaming, so... YouTube. Yeah, you're watching YouTube. That's kind of streaming this way instead of going up. So we got lots. And I think uh, uh, the wife is watching Netflix, of course. Um, can someone else pull that up? Maybe JP, jptulo.com. You can also find him at ppgjp.com. Gotcha. Which, which, uh, 46? Yes, and you'd think that I have better internet. I got the pro package over here. Maybe I need to rewire everything. You know, we're, we're all doing video streams these days, uh, especially in the era of COVID. It's like, you know, you've got, you know, potentially, you know, two adults and, you know, at least in our house, we've got, got two adults streaming up or down or both on video calls. You know, my daughter is doing, has been doing school virtually. So, you know, she's got her stream going all the time. You, you need better internet these days, don't you? I'm paying the the pro, which, which is like a hundred bucks a month, and it's like you know, uh, it's supposed to be amazing. Oh crap, he's here! Is that airplane flying right above you? Yeah. Um, I, now I've run into traffic uh, at the airport I um, I frequent, uh, but those those pilots, um, most of them are kind of old salts, and you know they're they're quite a um, they're not they're not trained they're not they're either training someone and they're very cognizant of the area. Um, I always make my calls before I take off. So at least, you know, if, if, if I don't jump on my call, if I don't jump on my AV radio, you know, while I'm in there, at least they knew I was there and took off from there. If, if they've been in the air in the area, um, most of the guys that fly over that airport are flying from that airport and are familiar, um, you know, with the PPG traffic, which is, which is great. I've had several, you know, especially the, uh, uh, the owner and the, his stepson, uh, you know, I've had them flying uh, a pattern around me at my altitude. Um, but you know, they, they expect us, they know what we're doing. We keep clear of them. They make all their calls. I avoid them, you know, as, as I should, uh, as an ultralight pilot, but, um, uh, this airport's busier. It's got a lot more people, you know, uh, trained younger pilots, uh, younger guys, um, uh, with sportier equipment sometimes than what we get at, you know, at the other airport. And, uh, you know, it, one of the things, you know, I guess they fly their, their patterns typically at a thousand feet. So, you know, I stay below it once I'm in that, when I'm in that area. Okay. We are five minutes after eight and we try to spin at eight o'clock. Uh, JP, if you're able to spin the wheel, um, it looks like Darren uh, joined us, unless he's been here, and Randy. I have one more question for our, our guest, David. <clears throat> have you, uh, I heard you talking at the very beginning where you're having issues with landing, knee landings, butt landings, and all, all this. Um, obviously, a lot of that, to me, comes down to flare. 
um, it was literally flight number 100 for me, man, before my buddy Brooke Sheffield told me, Brian, you're still looking at the ground. You know, quit looking at the ground. You got to look at the horizon above you. And I finally did it, man. I looked at the horizon. I put a leg down, and I didn't look down at the ground. I had my best landing ever. Um, have you kind of got a you – know, I'm still working on it, but have, have you kind of got a feel for the flare, or you think you're not yeah, comfortable I, with it yet? Brian, I think I think that's great advice. I find myself able to look at the horizon when I'm coming in on a smooth level surface, and I'm not too concerned about you know how far I go and things like that. Um, and, and you you know I, I completely agree with you. I think it's a it's a really important thing to do so that you don't look down and get that ground rush. Um, as far as I can tell from the videos that I'm getting, I I mounted a I mounted a GoPro on my cage, which allows me to see my hands, you know, where they are as I'm coming down. And I also have a, a, a tablet on the ground that I'm recording. And, you know, sometimes I go long and it doesn't catch the landing, unfortunately. But uh, when it does, uh, you know, I'm flaring at the right time. Uh, I think I'm a bit psyched out by the ground rush when I'm looking down. So that's, you know, that's looking at the horizon would certainly um, focusing on that would, would certainly help. Other times, uh, I've noticed a, on a couple uh, knee landings, my feet weren't wide enough apart. I've also noticed that I'm not leaning forward enough, and I've uh, I've seen several people say, "Listen, you know, if if your if your chest isn't way out there, um, you know, it it makes it a lot harder. You know, you'll end up kind of either you know falling back or uh, going to a knee." as opposed to, you know, hitting the ground running, um, which apparently if you lean forward enough and get, you know, uh, get in that right position, your body is more, your brain tells you to run when you hit the ground easier than if you're leaning back. Um, so those are all things that, that I need to work on. It was, um, it was something that I struggled with late uh, when I was on my own during the last part of my training. I took, I took a knee several times and uh, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, I'll get over that uh, on a regular basis uh, pretty soon. Got a lot of names on the wheel tonight. We definitely yeah. do. How many, how many names can you, can you tell? 39. 39? <laughs> mm -hmm. How many people are watching the, uh, the show right now? 40. All right. Thank you, chatters. I got a shout, a shout out to my chatters. Thank you. Absolutely. So right before we spin the wheel, we want to say thank you for uh, for for uh, watching the show. Um, after the spin, we're going to open up the show so you can come in and chat with us about paramotors. Uh, if you have Zoom, we'll give you the ID and passcode in just a minute. Uh, does anybody want to say anything? Before we spin the wheel, oh, we're spinning the wheel. So no, oh. I, I stopped it. Oh, look at the picture in the middle of the wheel. They're doing the infinite tumble. Is that uh, you? Your picture in the middle of the wheel, like Wing Walker? No, that uh, I found that picture on Google. Oh, okay. That's what it is, though. It's a Wing Walker. All right, we are going to. Yeah, so go go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead and spin. We got some more questions here. So, David, um, when you when you uh, launched without your brakes, did you have gloves in your hand? Is that, or you just forgot? I think I was wearing gloves. I I like wearing gloves myself. I I figured, you know, 
at some point I'm going to have to grab lines, you know, uh, if I catch a gust on the ground after landing or something like that. And, you know, even if they're just, you know, really thin gloves, you know, uh, less likely to get that inevitable uh, burn, uh, you know, grabbing for lines or something. That, that hasn't happened to me. I'm not flying in gusty. Uh, I've only flown in, in whether I shouldn't have flown in twice at this point. But um, uh, yes, I believe I was wearing I was wearing gloves and have on almost every flight. As soon as you start doing it, you know, as long as the gloves are thin enough, you know, I can feel my A's just fine on launching and stuff like that. And you know, it's a lot. It's you know, no one wants cold fingers while they're flying. I love flying with gloves. I really do. Heated gloves because once you get up to three thousand feet, it's cold. Yep. Mark McElroy, John oh, Wayne. Don't be John. John Wayne. John. So close, so close. That actually is uh that's a bonus spot. That's a, a bonus entry that I put in for John Wayne because he donated to the show. So oh, that's awesome. Thank you very much, John Wayne. John Wayne. Nice. Make sure you run over to clearproptv.com, which forwards over to ppgzone.com forward slash clearproptv. Fill out the form. Let us know that you won this amazing uh, phone holder from paramotornc.com. He's our very own Ben. I don't know if Ben is in the chat right now, but we appreciate you. Someone else uh, mentioned, uh, where was that? To me, where are you? who was it? Let me scroll up real quick. Um, here we go. No, fine. John Wayne's somebody, somebody chances, yeah. Yeah, that they got it. They had their phone on their phone holder that they won from Ben last week. So that was awesome. Mark That's McElroy. Good deal. Oh, right. And there's a, there's a couple of people that, uh, okay, this is my fault, okay? I've been so busy with work, um, working way too many jobs way too much throughout the day and i forgot to send over to ben the people that won their their names and their uh their address so if you haven't got it it's totally my fault it's not ben's fault it's my fault and i totally apologize uh on the same note let me show you real quick we got some things finally um let me choose virtual background off so we got a couple of cool things here that we finally got in. This is our our flag, our custom flag. We got a lot of people from episode 56 on that one flag. So this is one of the flags. And we also have the other flags that fit in your window or the uh, top flag like this. This weekend is up in the air from Clearprop TV. And we got a ton of shirts too that we are going to be giving away in the future. Nice. Yeah. So all your donations have really helped and Will Fly gave us five bucks for resurgence. Thank you very much. Uh, Will Fly that's actually here. So you can wave and say hi. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Will Fly, ppg.com guys. Um, we also had uh, harriswagusa.com uh, donate today and we had um, John Wayne, thank you. Uh, Kent Stamey. Did I miss anybody? I think that's all we had. If we had more, I apologize. Make sure you go over to clearproptv.com 
that forwards over to ppgzone.com forward slash clearprop.tv. Make sure that you put your name and information in the chat that you donated because we're going to be able to give away <laughs> some cool things here in the future. JP Tulo, are you are you out of here? What's up? Oh, oh, screenshot. Screenshot time. Oh, <laughs> screenshot. <laughs> Yeah, that's These burgers and stuff. <laughs> Hurry up. This is a holding a cheese. <laughs> Did you do it? Did you do it? Hurry Perfect. up. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Oh, I'm frozen. I'm frozen. <laughs> hey, David, we got another question for you from Mark H. Yes, sir. Um, let's see. With all of your tribulations, how's the spousal support about, uh, you know, how does she feel about PPG? That's a great question. Uh, well, uh, in my case, I had a, I have a very supportive wife who actually paid for, um, as a birthday gift for me to go to training. So, uh, the initial support totally there couldn't be that, you know, as a matter of fact, it's one of those things, you, you know, I'll make jokes about it. It's like, you know, what kind of spouse pays for their uh, uh, spouse to, to go off to an activity, which, you know, um, for those that aren't educated, looks like you might drop out of the sky at any moment and hit the ground really hard. Uh, okay. So, you know, there are a lot of jokes, a lot of jokes about, you know, it's like, you know, do, do you really want me around or do you just, you know, want me out of the picture? No, um, no, she's, she, she was extremely <laughs> supportive uh, uh, early on. I don't think that she expected that I was going to fall in love with it as much as I did. And that that would mean evenings apart, um, you know, from the family and, you know, depending on the time of year and especially if I'm traveling an hour, you know, to uh, each direction to fly that has dug in during the fall here into um, our family dinners and things like that, which we, which we hold pretty sacred uh, in my household. So um, yeah, that's, that's been a downside of it. Uh, but, um, you know, especially considering that my, you know, my wife does travel for work as well. So we're not getting anywhere near the amount of time that we'd like together. I'm actually looking forward to the longer days during summer so that, you know, it can be a post dinner activity, especially, you know, now that I've started to secure landing, uh, zones, uh, closer to home. So hopefully, you know, the, there'll be more time in the air and less time in the car, if you know what I mean. Now, does she have any interest in flying? None, none whatsoever. Uh, her excuse, well, as much as I tell her how awesome it is, um, I don't think that it really, it, it just doesn't resonate with her. She, you know, uh, it, it's, it's not fear or, you know, she's, she's a really tough girl. Um, and, uh, you know, she, she'll do anything that she puts her mind to. Um, we do have a child though, and we don't want to, you know, even though this, this sport is, you know, a generally safe, um, you know, as, as sports go and B even safer as, you know, when you're on the cautious side, like I am, um, that's exposure that she doesn't, she doesn't want. And of course, you know, if, if she started flying, someone's still got to be with 
you know, our, our daughter. So it would mean half the number of flights and so forth. So I, I don't see her picking it up anytime soon. Um, as a matter of fact, I've only had her and my daughter out once to watch. And that was, uh, I think the second time I went out after coming back from training. And at that point, you know, I was, as I said, you know, relearning a lot of uh, what I had learned in class. Cause I mean, I went five weeks without equipment and, you know, being, uh, you know, a 52 year old, a lot of what I learned in that short period of time, you know, started to fade. It just, you know, it didn't get into long-term muscle memory and I had to relearn some of that stuff. So I spent a whole lot of time on the ground, making sure everything was perfect before I took off. So, you know, my wife described the one time she came out to the field with us, with me as, you know, boredom, 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 terrifying, boredom, 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 boredom. <laughs> and then, you know, terrifying again, when I'm coming in for a landing, um, you know, I've got my daughter on the two meter radio during this time saying, dad, I think you're going to fall out of the sky and die. I'm like, I'm radioing back. I'm like, that's not really helpful, honey. <laughs> yeah, couldn't you wait until I landed to tell me that? <laughs> uh, thankfully, I don't get nervous in the sky and, you know, and, and, you know, other than the ground rush, my, in my landing gear malfunctions, you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not having a problem landing either, but uh, yeah, I, I, I told her it wasn't very helpful. <laughs> So, so when you're, uh, what happens when your eight-year-old comes to you and says, hey, dad, I would like to learn how to fly? Maybe not today, but maybe in a few years. Actually, she, she has been saying this since we started watching, since I started watching PPG videos mm. early on. She thinks it's the coolest thing. Um, and uh, Well, it is. It, it is. I, I, you can't deny it. Uh, but, you know, you, like driving you need to have some degree of fear of, you know, your own life that you're not invincible. And, you know, you think about being a 15 year old with a learner's permit. I know I was a nightmare on the roads until, you know, probably my mid twenties, um, you know, just <clears throat> thinking you're invincible. And uh, I spoke with, uh, with my trainers at aviator when I was there, I'm like, you know, I, I, I do have an eight year old, you know, that, that would like to get into this someday. I know it's way too early now. And I asked their opinion. And I think the general consensus was, you know, at the absolute earliest, you know, you need to be at least 15 before you start to get that appropriate level of respect for, you know, controlling your own environment uh, to keep it safe for yourself. Uh, so, you know, we discuss it over the dinner table several times and, you know, uh, wife is generally against it. Uh, and I'm generally pro, but probably like 16 years old or older. Get, get them a tandem ride. Next time you go to a fly in, get somebody that's certified and knows what they're doing. I, I bet if you put your wife up in a tandem that, uh, she'll fall in love with it just like you have. Yeah. I mean, a, a, a trike in the front seat, you know, um, I, I've, I've never been seen someone take off while uh, with a tandem with just, a the foot launch environment, but, um, you know, even, even in a trike, I think it's, it's, it's enough to give people that experience, especially if you hand them the toggles for a second and, and let them make a turn or something well, like didn't that. Didn't you get a, a, a trike, a trike ride? I sure, your first thing at aviator before you, I sure did that, that first morning. That's the first thing we did. And, you know, uh, AJ was doing yep. them that day and, <clears throat> uh, you know, I was asking him, I'm like, you know, why, yeah, I'm, I'm like, so, you know, 
are you feeling us out to see, you know, what kind of level of anxiety we have in the air and stuff like that? And he's like, yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> he's like, you know, we're also trying to give you a feel for what it feels like to be under the wing. Um, you know, what yep. the turns feel like and things like that, what it's like to fly low over all those cows and birds and so forth that you get in Lake Wales. We got a lot of people that jumped on. This is officially the after show, which means that we're still talking, but uh, you know, Anybody wants to join us, we can. You can. We put the username and ID and password for Zoom in the chat. Uh, Darren Locklear gave us 10 bucks. Thank you very much. Uh, do we see? Did I say that right? I hope so. Uh, donated $5. And DP also gave us $5 and said, uh, thanks for the host, panel, and guests. Uh, JP, can you hang with us or you got to go? Uh, I got to head out here in a minute, but I wanted to just... <clears throat> real quick show a video okay um that i've got he said uh he's never seen a foot launch tandem and i've got a, a quick clip right here i'm gonna take you out of my ear hang on but we liked to be in your ear jp <laughs> So this was my Hello, everybody. That's a foot launch tandem, which is <clears throat> still, you know, just as safe. Uh, it's a little bit tricky because you gotta be careful not to trip, trip over each other's feet. But uh, it's a lot Does more mobile than having to run. Do they always have to run longer than the the pilot in the uh, back? I think. Yeah, she she took yeah. an extra five or six steps after he's in the air. Yeah, typically that's the way the the weight distribution kind of works out. So he's up, she's still running. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would think that you need, the front you need to be spinning, a really The pilot is supposed to um, run with his feet apart, and the person in front is that's supposed to be run awkward, together. Man. Yeah, it's got to be awkward. It's yeah. it's got to be some skinny. Cute, cute, skinny little girl go up front too, probably. Yep, yep. work. Well, that's that's where it is in this case. So, I, I, I think you have to have <laughs> massive skills to be able to be the pilot there. I, I don't see myself ever getting to that level, but I sure well, do respect it. Hopefully, sometime this month, um, Mark George and I are supposed to go and get our uh, tandem. So sweet. Are you doing oh. that, John? Well, What's that? Off the chat because I've been interested in that as well. <clears throat> So, uh, uh, David, somebody even closer to you in uh, Western North Carolina, Brooks Sheffield, um, what's that called? Uh, Wheels Up NC. Um, yeah. He's just got his TANF certification and he's going to start instructing here in the next month or so. So, uh, uh, Will watch. and Ben, they all, they all know him, man. Y'all basically are a small family up there, paramotor. People. Yeah, we're, we're, we're connected on Facebook. I've been looking forward to meeting Brooke in person. We've, um, <laughs> Uh, the next time, you know, he comes out somewhere in between in this, in, in our schedules align, I'll, you know, I'll look forward to meeting him in person. Uh, yeah, he's, he, I enjoy watching, uh, the videos that he posts and, um, uh, look forward to flying with him sometime in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, you say we're a small family up here in North Carolina. Are you insinuating that we're all related? <laughs> yeah. You got all these Perry guys, you know, you got North the dad, David Perry, the son, Josh Perry. And, um, yeah. 
You want to be well, adopted, we didn't really Brian? want to say it like that, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I can read between the lines. Hey, I'm just following up so on David, the chat, uh, man. I, we, we got a lot of people. David. We got a lot of people real quick. How about a, a real quick screenshot? I mean, since we got so many people. Count of three. We're only doing one. One, two, three. Cheese. Oh, crap. Mm. Crap. Hold on. Hold on. It's harder than it looks, isn't it? Hold on. Control shift three, right? Yeah. Oh, I was taking pictures. I just don't have, I just didn't. Command shift three. I don't have the sound thing going through this. It's supposed to go through. That's that's Apple, Will. That's Apple. (laughs) I was trying to I was was trying to teach Brian how to how to do a a screenshot with one hand. It turns out he had a I didn't know he I thought he had a Mac. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm behind the times, man. I I live don't work on a Windows machine. Okay, we we, we did good. We got some good ones. All right, so Ah, that's what I wanted to do. Um, So we are officially in the after uh, show. Um, Real quick, Dave, um, it's after 8 o'clock. Well, it's almost 8.30. Holy smokes, we've been talking for about an hour and a half. Um, How long can you hang with us? Do you need to go? I'm so sorry that we went longer than an hour. No, no, no. I should be good for another half hour at least. All right. All right, good deal. You guys are my priority tonight. I love it. Opportunity to play out, guys. I'm on the East Coast, so it's it's a little bit later here. Peace, JP. See you, JP. Tulo.com. Everything. Thanks so much. Great talking with you, man. JPTulo.com. Hey, if you guys uh, haven't yet, throw us a thumbs up in the, the thing. It helps us. All right, so. All right guys. Um, I'll see you next week. Good night. See you, JP. So who do we have in here? We got our um, our guest, David, me, Sean, PPG Grandpa, Brian Haybill Waller. We got uh, Flying Flamingo Jade, Will Fly PPG, Linda Anderson, also known as ParamomUSA.com, yeah. Eric Lear, Never Trust the Skinny Chef Shane. Glad you made it, brother. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Sorry I'm late, but I'm here. We also got Shady. Walter. We got Walter, uh, PPGWalter.com, Walter, Walter. even though he's not PPG. We got uh, DP David Perry and Tim Paul. What's up, Tim Paul? Are you are you Sharky in the sky? Sharky in the sky. John Wayne made it too. I'm Sharky. Nice to meet you, Sharky. I've been seeing your name in the chats for a while, man. Hey, all right. Good to see everybody tonight. Welcome, welcome. Absolutely, welcome everybody. John Wayne. What do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about paramotor still? Of course we do. We love talking about paramotors. <laughs> did anybody else have any questions for David? Anybody? And did we? No, just a comment. I I, I got a comment. Uh, so David, I went and I uh, I wanted to sign up for this, and I took my wife down there, and um, we both kind of signed up. She was just a little unsure, and then all of a sudden, she took a tandem, and she fell in love with it. She's like full in. And then uh, we were out at our field with our instructor and there was another guy and he took my uh, 10 year old up for a tandem and she really enjoyed it. She liked it. I'm just giving her a couple more years until, like you said, you know, when they're a little older, a little more mature. And uh, I think we would like to get her into it, um, you know, and just offer that to all the kids because it is, a, it, as they always say, it's as safe as you make it. And uh, uh, we're not into the acro. We're, we're not into doing anything like that. We are very interested in 
the hay bale slalom. It always has interested me. So we're seriously going to look into that a little bit. And there's an instructor that, that drives around in a Waller hauler, and we're going to look into uh, hiring him <laughs> to teach us how to do this. So, oh, there's some crap talking going on. Waller hauler. I like it, man. It's a stick. I always call it the mini Winnie, but uh, I think <laughs> Waller hauler's got a better ring to it. I think so. Yeah, I'm. You know, I've I've at least got the support level of, you know, the wife looking at RVs um, or uh, tow behind campers, probably primarily, you know, with the intent of once she gets to retirement, which is hopefully just a couple of years from now, that you know we'll be able to, uh, you know, take the three of us and and travel around the country and so forth, or, um, you know, possibly spend, uh, you know two, three months at a time overseas in a particular country. And of course, you know, I want to bring my gear and fly out of countries where I can fly, you know, targeting places, uh, you know, uh, our short list are places like France, which we go to on a regular basis. She has some family there. Um, and, you know, of course, France is is huge with paragliding and extremely supportive of, of uh, light air sports as well. So, um, you know, being able to fly you know, past castles and stuff like that sounds really magical to me, as well as, you know, going out west and flying in, you know, uh, uh, Utah and, you know, all these other places I see these guys flying, uh, doing their little adventures from uh, out in, you know, the central U.S. and, and further west. Uh, it looks really exciting to me. I mean, the, the, the world is a, a fun place to explore on the ground and I think even more fun to explore from the air. Just don't land on a south lawn like that dude with the, uh, oh, what was it? The uh, gyrocopter from the U.S. Yes, Coastal yes. Service. <laughs> yeah. Gotta watch uh, the you're talking about castles um, in North Carolina, man. Uh, you, you can go over there and buzz the uh, Biltmore Estate. Um, I, have you know, seen, I have seen a video with Brooke doing that, yes. And I, was, I pulled up uh, Flight Vector right away, and I'm like, I didn't think he could fly there. And I'm like, oh, I see how he did that. It's, it's uh, yeah. It's uh, well, it, sure landing or foot dragging will be frowned upon, but you can fly around it. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a beautiful property um I've, that I've seen from the ground, of course. Um, and Brooke uh, and the guys out in Western North Carolina certainly have some beautiful areas to fly from. Yeah, they have to deal with you know the mountain weather and things like that, and cooler temperatures than than what uh, those of us in the center part of the Carolinas have to deal with, but. Uh, Man, it's beautiful when they do fly. Have you been lucky enough to fly a beach yet? Uh, actually, I just um, I just got back uh, from a couple days in Carolina Beach, um, which is about three hours from where I am, three and a half hours. And I brought my gear. Um, and you know, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm one of those guys that likes to ask permission as opposed to just. Um, uh, you know, begging for forgiveness after the fact. And that really bit me in the butt this time on this trip, hauled all my gear out there and in, in a separate car. Um, my wife and daughter had been camping out there for a couple of days in advance before I got there. Cause I was flying locally and uh, dragged all my gear out there past all kinds of fields in the middle of the day. And so forth. I'm like, all those fields would be great to fly from, um, you know, uh, between Charlotte and uh, the East coast of, uh, of, of North Carolina there. And made it all the way out to Carolina Beach, um, took a look at the beach, had a couple uh, uh, nice wind days, reached out to, well, let's see, a private, uh, what I thought was the best um, 
go uh, a place called Freeman's Park, which is a stretch of beach that four wheelers are permitted on and um, look like a look like a nice quiet stretch of beach to fly from reached out to them first they're like i don't know i'd reach out to the uh, carolina beach police department and ask them because they patrol this area uh, so i reached out to both the city um, of uh, carolina beach and to the carolina beach police department simultaneously asked them if there were any you know well didn't ask for a yes but asked them if there were any laws or you know uh, anything prohibiting taking off from the uh, either Carolina Beach or from Freedom Park, they both answered, I don't know. And finally, the police department answered with, no, there's no law against it, but we need to check with uh, the permits department to make sure you don't need a permit first, even though they had never even heard of PPG before me. And uh, they were closed for the day. And then my wind, my weather window closed right after that. So uh, basically asking for permission blew my ability to fly on the beach for the first time so yeah I'm, I'm a bit bummed about that and i'm looking forward to going back soon yeah that's too bad man um you're you're obviously trying to go about it the right way and i, I uh, applaud you for that um but you know finding some locals that have done it before and know the regulations and, and the, the places you can fly from that's that's always the best way and, and um, i did catch me, yeah, i got Brian, on facebook I, go ahead sorry after I trained an aviator because of their Facebook group. And uh, it's been a great way to reach out to people and meet people to fly. Yeah. I actually mentioned it uh, on the Western North Carolina side, I believe after the fact. And um, I, I had a couple of people pop up and go, yeah, you could have flown from there. There was, you know, there um, they've done it before. And I actually uh, scoped out a, uh, a launch point uh, further inland um next to a cell tower that would have been ideal unfortunately it would have required me to cross i think it was like three quarters of a mile of of uh open water before i made it out to a really remote stretch of beach which looks like no one is ever on it which would have been a beautiful flight in retrospect but to be honest at my skill level and without um anybody else looking out for me even though i you know i carry floats and everything else um, the prospect of a motor out over that channel um, and not making it to shore was something that, you know, when I was sitting there looking at the satellite uh, charts, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I've got the balls at this point to, to, to pull this off. Yes, I know technically I should be able to do it just fine, but I just didn't have the guts. And so I abandoned ship on the idea. Well, Dave, here in Florida, I'm in, I'm in Florida. Um, we fly um, from the compound over the river to the beach, and it's just shy of probably eh, maybe half mile to three quarters of a mile um, to cross the river. And we just go up to about 3,000 feet, which gives you ample amount of, let's say your wing collapsed, your motor died. It opens up at 2,000 feet. You have enough to go downwind and land where you need to. Um, but if you're ever down towards the Palm Bay, Florida area, Central Florida area, look me up because uh, I know places and I can put you on the beach in a hurry. I, I will do that, Shane. Actually, I, I grew up in Central Florida, uh, East in Central Florida and uh, lived in West Central Florida as well. So I spent most of my life there. 
Um, and so I'm there for family and stuff like that. So uh, uh, I will be looking you up, sir. Yep. Never trust a skinny chef, Shane, or you can find me ppgshane.com. Just say so you know. I'm a subscriber. All right. Hey, David, you plan on going to any fly-ins? Uh, you know, with with my wife's work travel and stuff like that, it makes it a little more challenging to to book these things out in advance. And I, and, um, I, I think I'll probably be more likely to be showing up in a couple of years from now when she retires. Uh, in the short term, I'd like, you know, if, if, if the timing works out, I'd like to be able to do that. Um, I want to make sure that my, uh, my launches are better than they were this weekend, you know, before I go, cause I wouldn't want to do that in front of a really large group of people, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I certainly plan on doing that in the future. Well, I wouldn't worry about your launches. That's nobody's going to make fun of you or anything like that. You know, we had this conversation <laughs> between a lot of us, you know, with uh, Jade, that was Jade's concern and uh, the flying flamingo that you see there with the halo that she thinks she has anyways. Um, and you could just catch a, catch a ride with Will, just strap yourself to the roof and just ride with Will all the way down to the flying. There you go. There you go. Appreciate that. Um, real quick, guys. I was wondering if you all could do me a favor. Uh, today is my mom's birthday. She's actually watching the show. And I thought it'd be really cool uh, if you can sing or, or even if you can't sing to maybe sing happy birthday to my mom with me. Yeah. Sure. Okay, come on, everybody. Ready? Let's do it. Happy uh, her, her, her birthday, birthday to you. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's start again. Let's start again. Let's start again. <laughs> Hold on. What's your what? mom's you name? Like her singing? Her name yeah, is Wendy. What's, what's your mom's name? Her name is Wendy. Or you can call her mom. It's no big deal. Okay. All right. Ready? All right. One, two, okay. three. Happy birthday dear mom. Happy birthday to you. That was a train wreck. That was, but that's gonna be the highlight of the video. We're not gonna make it on the charts anytime. Okay, hold on. Hold on. I think I understand the lag voice now. Oh. Hey, what? we're going to Hollywood. <laughs> I think the problem was not the singing. I think it was the Australian accent. You got the winter clothes on. What's going on? It's oh. cold here. What? You guys, you guys are getting to summer and I've got to cup the winter now. What? Yeah, cold. It looks good oh. on you. What? Thanks, Walter. Mike. Walter singing "Happy Birthday" backwards kind of threw me off. He's, he's singing <laughs> upside down. I don't even know how you sing that. It's <laughs> so difficult. Hey, uh, Tim Paul, you're not from Australia, are you? Tim Paul, you're muted. I'm not. Not from Australia. I'm from no. the United States. There's a Tim Paul flies out here in Queensland. I um, I got confused when I saw you, but yeah, as soon as you spoke, I thought, nah, you're not Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, you know. Yeah. It happens, Walter. So you got it a, happens. You got a brother, you got a brother up in Queensland that flies PPGs, Tim. 
Uh, how long has he been flying? Uh, probably a couple of years, I'd say, at least. He yeah, flies a tornado. Foot launch? Yep. yep. Yep, that's the way to go. That's what I do. Tornado, uh, yeah, 280 or whatever they are. You know, it, funny thing, I almost got the Tornado 280, and then uh, the guy I was going to train with talked me into getting the Moster 185, and I did, and then I ended up just, I never trained with them at all. It was hard to connect with them, so I self-trained. But anyway, I almost got the 280. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but I'm happy with the 185. Quite a few out here with their conceptions, and as far as I know, they don't seem to have much trouble with them. Whether, whether the 280 is different to the 200, I don't know, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, There's good. A lot of here as well. What, what do you fly? I got a PPC. I got a uh, three-wheel okay. tri Rotax 500. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit different to uh, you guys, but just heavier. That's all. Otherwise, it's no different to any other trike. Yep. I bet you're happy every time you land, just like us. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it, it's always good to get in the air, but. Uh, a good landing's always good. Yeah. Terrible, a terrible landing sort of puts a bummer on the flight. I, it was the same. I used to fly GA aircrafts, and if you did a good flight and you did a shit landing, it's like it upset the whole flight, you know? Absolutely. That's right. It's all about how you end the flight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have a, a glorious flight and then just a crap landing and it just seems to stuff up the whole thing. It screws everything. <laughs> it's like cooking a great meal, but then at the end, you burn it. Yeah. <laughs> Done that. Don't tell the chef, though. Yeah. Where is he? He's on mute. Oh, He's texting his girlfriend. Chef. Don't okay. tell his wife. Yeah. He's, chef. he's preoccupied. You. <laughs> he's asking for a beer no I was replying to comments in the chat oh oh. and, and Tim Paul he, he was in high demand not too long ago he was what? I'm always in high demand yeah um, TP you couldn't hardly find it <laughs> that was a crappy joke Shane uh, yeah I get it <laughs> I'll try to wipe them up better. I'm, I'm running a little slow tonight. <laughs> What's that? You got any good jokes? Oh no, I'm on. A, he just I'm told it, a, man. Yeah, I think that was it. I'm on, a, I'm on a crappy night tonight, dude. I've just had a crappy day and got uh, some issues, and it's just. Well, we love you, James. Better. We know you have issues, but you know you got to get over it. <laughs> we forgive you. We forgive you. You should forgive yourself. <laughs> oh no, Captain, where where are you located in Australia? Uh, I'm in uh, South Australia, like Adelaide, down the bottom. Sure. I, yeah, I've been there, I've been there a few times. Uh, oh, Henry Melbourne. Sure. The wife and I. The wife and I uh, uh, actually looked at migrating to Tassie. Hobart yep. area um, a couple of years back, and uh, unfortunately Very they cool. changed they changed the rules in the middle of our process, and uh, 
uh, we weren't able to buy property immediately if we came in. So we decided we were too old and to sit around for years before rebuying property. You're joking. No, sir. Uh, Chinese seem to be able to buy property here, no problems. Uh, they, actually, that's part of the reason that the rules got changed. Actually, in, in this specific, to make a long story short, um, it was a specific thing that uh, Tas Tasmania had set up uh, because yes. they were encouraging immigration as opposed to the rest of Australia. And yeah. it was a special program that said, if you, if you plan on living in Tassie, you know, we'll basically kind of wave or help you through some of the, um, uh, the restrictions. And it got taken advantage of by a bunch of students, unfortunately, that wanted to stay in the country and they had no intention of living in Tassie. So uh, unfortunately they pulled the program. Yeah, it's a nice little spot, very cold. As you, if you've been there, you probably it was know that. it was cold and windy, and this was before PPG, um, so it probably wouldn't have worked out terribly well if I get, became a PPG pilot and then wanted to go to Tassie because it's it's awfully windy and and like you said, very yeah. chilly. There's not a lot of flying places down there. It's very no. mountainous, uh, a and, lot of and a lot of trees, yeah, a lot of trees, lakes, so on, yep. et cetera, et cetera, yeah. Uh, and like I said, it's it can get very cold, very windy down there. Yep. But hey, it's a beautiful place. There's a lot of sailing down there. There's a big river, so they do a lot of sailing, uh, a lot of money down there for that respect. Yep. And, and uh, Aussies are always friendly folks, and uh, you know, it, it, being able to get kangaroo meat in the in the grocery store is always a plus, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it is. It is uh, a lot more readily available today. Uh, what does that taste like? Astronaut it's, uh, food. It's, it's, <laughs> like the, it, it's leaner, uh, a little bit richer. Um, in in my limited experience, um, yeah. they also have fantastic lamb. Oh. Yeah, oh, we do have good meats over here. The going back to kangaroo, it's uh, very lean as you said, very rich. And if you cook it right, there's no no taste of the gaminess and stuff like that. How do you cook it? Like a hamburger or what? Like a steak? Yeah. Just the same as anything else. It, it, Any it's, other? Not like, it's not like deer where uh, venison where you need to uh, be extremely careful. If from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, Captain, but um, uh, if you it's not as susceptible to gaminess like you get out of venison um, where you have to be really careful, you know, to make sure that it was killed properly quickly uh, before the adrenaline yeah. gets in its blood. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just cook it on the grill like you would a steak. It's, it's, it's like a, it's like a really lean steak, probably more tender than uh, the cut that you would normally get out of, uh, out of beef, you know, that was yeah. equally not, you know, filled with fat lines and things like that. That's it right. sounds like y'all are explaining elk meat to me. I mean, elk meat in the United States is way better than beef. And, and you got deer, beef, elk, in my opinion, man. You I'm don't get buffalo. the game. I've never had yeah. buffalo. Buffalo's yeah. good. They, they even sell bison's it at pretty common. You haven't had bison? No, no, no. I never huh. have. Hmm. No. Yeah, they got bison, ground bison over at Walmart, so that's 
It was pretty readily available, I thought. Is that the Walmart in Denver? <laughs> we need to go to that Walmart in Denver, pick us up some uh, some some buffalo. So Mark Beef from Paraswag says, do you cook that kangaroo in a pouch? How do you cook <laughs> No. So is it like a frog? Is it like a frog leg? If you just put one of those legs on there and it starts kicking, will it blow your like smoker apart if it kicks? I tell you, one one of the guys we went camping one time on the river, and uh, one of the guys ended up shooting a root, and it was too big to bring. Back, so he just cut the balls off. You know the nutsack. Do you know it's impossible? You know it's impossible to get the balls out of a nutsack. Only Walter. Walter. Wait a minute, Walter. No. Sorry, Linda. No. no I, I sure wish. I sure wish you would have said that tomorrow night on my show. <laughs> I can repeat it if you want. There you go. Walter, don't be talking about koalas. There ain't gonna be no barbecuing koalas if I have anything no, to say. No, no, they, they just, don't uh, be koalas. Please yeah, don't worry about the koalas. You got to worry about the drop bears. No. They drop out no. of the trees. Yeah. No killing koalas. Your TV. Look. Walter's got koalas dropping out of trees. We got iguanas dropping out of trees here in Florida. Y'all ever had jackalope? That is some good uh, stuff, man. That's some real good stuff. That's good jackalope. That's not even real. The eight point two. That's a big one. <laughs> I bet you had no problem How getting the ball sack out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, this dog is twice red. as big as he was when I first got him. He's uh, about a little over forty pounds now. He was fifteen when we got him. Every four week, every week, every he week, four months. Like, yeah, I know. He's so cute. I Look, shine. Uh, He's a good dog. I wanted to tell Shane they make purses out of uh, kangaroo ball sacks. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason oh. to travel there. Yeah. <laughs> what do we say about that? <laughs> I don't well, know. You might want a nice soft purse. Hello, the puppy. Linda's like, okay. can we please change the subject from balls to puppy? <laughs> well, I, I, have a, uh, I have something a little uh, paramotor related that's not uh, usually talked about. Right. And okay. it's footwear. Oh, right? good. So I got good. a great pair of boots that I had to repair. And the reason why I repaired them is because uh, they're awesome boots. But uh, the bottom started to come off. So you see all the all the green tape. That's just holding the glue on until it dries, and then I'll take the tape off. But these are these are keen boots. These are what I fly with all the time. And uh, so I had to fix both of them. Is that from foot dragging? You ripped uh, not a whole lot. It's 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 back basically the back heel. Uh, I went on YouTube and I noticed that a lot of other people with the exact same model had had the same problem I did. So uh, I've got anyway, I, I contacted Keen and uh, they said, take photos and stuff. And I was like, well, 
you know, I'm going to fix my boots, but you know, if you want to send me a new pair, I'll take a new pair, but I don't think they make them anymore. Uh, so I got some E6000 adhesive from Walmart today or no, from Home Depot and I glued them up. So hopefully they'll be good to go tomorrow and the weather, weather will be nice and I'll go flying again with them. I've got that exact same pair of shoes and it did exactly the same thing. I bought yeah. them in Alaska. Yep. Yeah. They're great boots though. They were, they were good. Yeah. They let go. <laughs> yeah. What about these uh, Solomons or whatever everyone raves about? Solomons. Uh, I, I hear those are pretty good. These, these are Keen. They're called Keen. K-E-E-N. Mobiles uh, are good too. Do they have the little hooks on them that might catch riser lines? Uh, yes, only at the top. Uh, there's, you know, reg they're regularly laced, and then they have. Uh, let's see if I can show you one. Yeah, that's the top has, has one hook, but there's no way that it's going to uh, catch a riser line, and I'll tell you why. It's because I go around it twice. I go, I go, um, I pull it down, and then I go around and and pull it again, so it gets full. Anyway, like nothing else could fit in there after I tie them up. If that makes any sense. Yeah. We don't have television. We're definitely going to have to talk more about uh, footwear and different things that we wear when we go fly paramotors. Uh, if anybody out there has a paramotor uh, joke, please go over to clearproptv.com. It forwards over to ppgzone.com forward slash clearproptv. Fill out the form at the very, you can just put your name. At the very bottom, it says um, your, uh, your paramotor joke here. Write out a paramotor joke because we're going to be trying to put together some paramotor jokes. So if you got a good one, make sure you go there and let us know. And if you know a good one, put it in the chat. And if you know it, Jump on here. Tell us a good paramotor joke. Does anybody have a good paramotor joke? I want to hear one. I need to hear a joke. Anybody? Paramotor joke. Yeah, a paramotor joke. Mm. Be a joke we heard on a paramotor show about a midget. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I was a paramotor. No, no, I'm not going. <laughs> it was we, we won't. We won't go there, Shay. Oh, it was funny. <laughs> I um, still chuckle. Yeah, yeah. Or is that the lickety split? Lickety no. split. Yeah. <laughs> we have good times at these fly-ins, man. We we all sitting around drinking beer. Some of us drink beer. We all have fun, and uh, you know, tell these jokes, and yeah. we get away with telling stuff that we probably couldn't tell on the show. I think, but yeah, and everybody just this whole it's a whole community of people. This is awesome, man. Hey, uh, Dave, hey, I, I encourage you to go to a fly-in. Hey, hey, Brian, you just pointed out we drink, some people don't. Does anybody ever get picked on or, or tried to get pushed into drinking if they don't really drink? No, <laughs> I haven't heard of. We're, I mean, no. maybe if you're 17 or 18. but No, I'm just, I'm just saying if, if, if you have a preference of one way or the other, no one's going to point point that out. It is what it is. If you get offered and, and it's a no, that's probably the last you're going to hear of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I, I really do. Uh, I really do appreciate the the type of people that are in this sport. Um, and it's again, it goes back to not just the drinking thing, but 
if you're a new pilot and you show up to one of these, you'll probably get a guy that's experienced or 25 guys that are experienced giving you pointers and, and helping you out one way or the other. And uh, it's really unique in this sport. I'm, I'm glad to be part of it because I need all the help I can get. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> <Me> too. <laughs> no, that's, you, you know, you're, you're talking about that uh, earlier, David, about people helping you out, you know, and, and, and that really just kind of hit hold of me, man. He, Everywhere you go, these paramotor people—they just—they want—they want to help you. They want to—they want to see you successful. They want to help you get into the air. And uh, sometimes they probably try to help a little too much. But uh, Craig Taylor, Craig Taylor in the chat just threw out a joke. He said, "What did the prop say to the gas cap?" What? You crack me up. Oh. <laughs> nice one, Craig. Not bad. It's not bad. I can't believe you bl you blame Craig for that one. That was all you can. <laughs> no, he wrote it. It's in there. Yeah, yeah he did. Uh, Mark H, uh, PPG trike jockey, said to David, "How did you get started with lasers?" Uh, so that was uh, my passion before I got into PPG. Um, uh, it's something I started when I was. Uh, well, probably about 20, 20 plus years ago. Um, I'm currently the secretary of the International Laser Display Association. Um, uh, I, I just, I, I, back, way back when in my first job, I was working 80 hour weeks and things like that. And, you know, while doing, I was doing tax software um, uh, design and, you get a lot of time to try and think creatively while you're just trying to follow rules to, at work. And I, and I dreamed about creating a uh, space where I could sit there and just program light, light and laser shows that I could just run automatically. I was a big fan of Pink Floyd at the time. And, you know, they were big into lasers as, as were a lot of the seventies and eighties uh, rock groups. And so that was a dream of mine that I, you know, I pursued as the technology advanced and actually the room that I'm sitting in here right now, if I aim my camera up a little bit above me, you can see some of the moving heads and things like that. I've actually got um, uh, a home disco that I've installed into uh, the multimedia room in my house. And are, are you running DMX for the protocol over there? Yeah, I use, I use DMX for the protocol for all the lighting stuff. That's just kind of standard. Um, I use uh, one of the two major programs for uh, the laser show stuff and I run them simultaneously. And uh, uh, in, this, in this space that I'm in now, I've got 19 laser projectors, all of which I built myself. Uh, several of them uh, do glow in the dark type drawings. So in this space that I'm in, all of these walls around me are actually painted with glow in the dark um, uh, paint. And so I use a UV laser that draws on them and, you know, basically stays on the wall for about 10 minutes or so, which is really good for, you know, timing with a song and things like that. You can, you know, draw a whole scene on the wall or you can just draw lyrics or whatever else as, mm -hmm. as you're going along. And so that was my real passion before this um, for, for many years. And then I got into the whole PPG thing and uh, I haven't turned on my lasers in six months. <laughs> <laughs> so dude Brian's all ready to go. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's foaming at the mouth. I, I, I'm, I'm just really thinking cool. David, you know, I can't get into too much detail 
you know, on, on the internet on this about a graduation ceremony um, down there where you went to school at. Can you imagine Mike Brown wrapped in a wing inside that room with all those lasers? <laughs> uh, Mike seems like a reasonably conservative guy in my limited experience with him for two weeks. No, I really can't see that. I think uh, I think he said he had a couple. Uh, shoot, I think on the day that we he got us all in, uh, he and and the fellow trainers got us all in the sky on the same day. I think it was day five. I think the guy. I think that um, uh, the instructors all celebrated that night, and he had a couple hard ciders, and that was a lot for him. He said. <laughs> Uh, so no, I, it, probably two beers and in and maybe that's when he would wrap himself up in a wing. You know, he, he struck me as as a guy that doesn't party hard. So so did you not have a ceremony at the end of your training or one of the last days? Uh, no. Um, okay. Well, I mean, we, we all got our coins and things like that on on gotcha. day five. But uh, whatever you're referring to, Brian, I'm not familiar with. I'm, I'm going to send you a link to a video that's private on my YouTube channel. Uh, okay. I promised Eric Farewell I wouldn't share it because uh, it get, kind of gives away some secrets of ceremonies that they have. And, you know, the coin thing is one of them, but this, this was much different. I'll, I'll send you a link. I look forward to it. Yeah, man, you're going to like it. <laughs> You'll see what I mean then. <laughs> okay, I have my joke. Okay. Yeah, I mean. No, I'm not. Get back over here. Be part of this. Go ahead. Let her rip. All right, did you hear about the alcoholic transvestite? No. He just wants to, huh? Is it air conception now? Do you, I don't know. Mark didn't have one of those. No. Wait, what's the punch? <laughs> Is that the punchline? No, that's not the punchline. Oh. All right, so he all he wanted to do was eat, drink, and be merry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's funny. So I, I think that was a uh, awkward laugh. No. Oh, come on, man! Why, why are you gonna pick I, on me? I, I've heard them. I've heard them enough when I tell jokes, so I know what they are. Hey, hey, hey. Than the last groaner you told. No, how about the midget joke, Shane? What about it? To me again. She said. <laughs> <laughs> It's a short joke, Amy. You'll be all right. <laughs> that, does that mean it's her level? What? Here, Walter. He says that means at my level. As long as somebody's there so they can explain it to me, we can listen to more midget jokes. Yeah, yes. see? I'm the one that explains those to Eric. That's right. Can he ride the short bus? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought Thank these you, jokes Amy. were supposed to be paramotor jokes. Just yeah. These are all the topics. We couldn't think of any paramotor jokes. Okay. Well, we need to get our little thing. Paramotor is not a joke. No, exactly. The closest thing you're getting to a joke is watching me take off. That's it. He flies so why, why, did the, why did the midget always laugh when he foot drags the grass when he's flying his paramotor? Why does the midget always laugh when he foot drags? Oh, I, bet I, I bet I can figure out where he's going with it. Because the grass tickles his balls. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that's where he was going. Uh, sorry. I had to change up the joke a little to make it a paramotor joke. 
Okay. Amy, did you get into the air on the weekend? No, weather's been bad. Okay. Yeah, Super weather bad. has not been very good. It's either Amy. too windy or it's rainy. Two weeks just send it. Super windy, now it's rainy. <laughs> just, just. The last two days was great flying down here, guys. Yeah, we, see? We were exhausted. We were exhausted yesterday. Oh. Uh, I don't want to go out there. He's like, I don't want to go out there. Do you want to go out there? I'm like, no, I'm tired. I actually took a three-hour nap in the middle of the day, and I never sleep during the day. Yes, I flew for a whole hour yesterday in shorts. It was it was tough. <laughs> I'm guessing yeah. the shorts have nothing to do with it. <laughs> I'm saying we had we had pretty good weather. I've, I've got four flights in in, in uh, about a week here, so that, that was pretty good. Well, that's awesome. for Alabama this time of year is usually pretty pretty windy. We were going to go to Galveston. We didn't even go to Galveston Saturday because the weather was so bad. I haven't flown since I flew over the alligators. That's been it. That's been wow. That's been a minute. Oh, no wonder you're depressed. Yeah, I'm very frustrated. Extremely frustrated. <laughs> I get it. I flew for, I, I didn't fly for a whole month before that, before I got those flights in. So, man, I was, I was like, a, I don't know, crackhead with no crack. I, I needed a fix. <laughs> I, I, I'm just I needed, a noob. I needed an altitude adjustment. I'm just a noob, and it's like three days, and it's it, it starts it starts to creep up on you, and it's like I really need to get up soon, and it's, you just sit there and I mean I'm pulling up I'm pulling up windy blue just watching. It's like maybe the weather changed, maybe the weather, weather will change, and uh, you know it, it, if a week goes by, that's painful. Nine days, it's really painful. Three weeks, the one time. That that was really rough. It it it, it it's an addiction. This is what yeah. I get to look forward to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There you go. yeah. Actually, it is. Oh. No, it gets way worse, Dave. Way yeah. worse. Yeah. Last time I last time I flew was April third, and today is the nineteenth. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Some of us used to be married before we got into paramotors. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's just it's just been really bad weather. I mean, something's always coming up. I'm still Actually, waiting for good weather to come up. <coughs> I got another question for David. Um, we we're talking about going a while without flying and jogging my memory on one. You know, you had 26 flights when you left Aviator. How long did it take you? When you got home, and you have a pretty challenging flight situation there with that LZ, I think. How long did it take you to get into the air? Like, for you to realize the weather was okay, and you to get up the nerve, take off by yourself without an instructor in your ear? What? I, I actually got pretty lucky, Brian. Uh, so, my equipment came in. Um, I immediately broke in my carb like I was supposed to. So, that took it. I assembled. I spent the next day running, uh, you know, breaking my carb in. Um, and then I was out to the LZ the next day. Weather was good. Um, it was unusually one of the days when there was a PPG pilot there, just one. And Sweet. he was an experienced pilot. And, you know, it's like, you know, I hadn't flown for five weeks. And, you know, I'm an old guy, like, you know, I'm 52. And it's, it's like, you know, so half the stuff that I learned oh. had gone already. And it's like I, you know, needed to, to redo it. But that day I had it. Um, and uh, he tried, he, he launched first, he blew his launch. He's like, that's the first launch I've blown in six months. 
And I'm like, go again. I'm like, I'm going to do a whole lot worse. And he, he was like, no, no, no. And I, it's, now it's throwing me off. He's like, you go first. I, I go, um, I take off. I ask him about it later. He's like, I think that was a textbook perfect launch. He said, you, you ran a long ways, which I apparently do on a regular basis. Um, but I got off the ground just fine. Um, I did a whole lot of really low flying because I wasn't thinking oh, well, you know, I'm flying above a bunch of trees and, you know, uh, varying terrain and so forth. He, he basically walked me through the area um, uh, around uh, the airport before I took off, which was really nice. He's like, you know, the winds are a little shifty over, um, you know, over, over there. And, you know, it's like, you know, um, you know, a lot of people have never flown around the mountain that's right behind, you know, the, uh, the LZ. Um, so it was really nice to get that. And I've never seen that gentleman again. And, you know, I'd really like to thank him after the fact, because I mean, that, that breakdown the first time I was there really kind of set my mind at ease, at least for that flight. I had a wonderful flight. I was flying, you know, just hundred feet above the trees and stuff like that too low, uh, honestly, but the weather was great. And uh, I really should have been watching for, you know, emergency outs and things like that, um, which I've, of course, learned to do over time, uh, you know, uh, in my area. But, uh, yeah, I really appreciated him going through that. And so we had uh, another new pilot show up um, after training, also coming from, uh, he was coming from uh, uh, Donellan. And so I, you know, tried to do the same thing for him, you know, walk him through, you know, what I had heard, what I had learned, the time period that I was there. Um, uh, and, you know, we've flown together since then, which is really awesome. Uh, and, you know, that's one of the nice things about this sport. It, we're not competing with each other. We're competing with ourselves, I think, for the most part. And, you know, we all want each other to be safe. We want, you know, the sport to continue to evolve like it has. Um, and you know, we can all win together. Well said, man. Yeah, you, you, you fell into a lucky, fortunate situation, um, to, to come to your home field and, and have somebody there to uh, mentor you right off the bat to give you some tips anyway. So that, that's lucky. That's, that's, that's fortunate. Yeah, for Thank sure. You. I mean, that was, that was a one-time thing. And then I was pretty much on my own after that, <laughs> um, you know, you had the help when you needed it though. I mean, it, it, you know, yeah, that right? was, that was, that couldn't have been a better start because I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'd really love to hear more stories of pilots once they get out of training, especially if they do it remotely, get back to a completely different environment in their home space and be alone. And it's like, okay, well now, you know. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well now you have, no one to tell you that you've done something right or wrong. You've got no one on the radio if something goes wrong. If you get lost, which honestly was one of my concerns early on, it's like, what if I can't find my LZ once I'm gone? You know, I, you know, I tend to fly pretty low. I'm usually in the 200 to 400 foot, you know, AGL range. What happens if if I'm lost? You know, it's like, how do I get back? Now I've got, uh, you know, the Garmin, uh, what is it, Fenix Five and Stufly. So it's like all I have to do is look at my watch, and I can see, you know, it's like it's got that little red arrow saying, "Oh, you know, your LZ's behind you." Now, of course, I'm lucky enough that my the LZ I've been flying out of for the most part is right in front of a, you know, the largest little mountain that they've got there, which is only like a thousand feet or so. But um, 
it's really it would be really hard to miss it so yeah i can always work my way back to my lz no matter how far i fly or what i'm paying attention to but yeah i mean honestly you know that that uh kind of uh someone watching over you that pat on the back things like that that mean that means a heck of a lot to those of us that don't have a lot of experience and are just trying to you know get comfortable in our own heads in a new in a new space Yeah, a lot of people don't have a sense of direction very good, like where you went, where you've come from, it's just go back the other way and, uh, you know, heading, compass heading, whatever. I mean, if, if you were out in Australia flying, you know, out over the, over the desert, it's like, how are you going to figure out which direction you're going back? And I mean, obviously, you know, you can watch the sun and things like that. But um, yeah, uh, yeah I'd that would be a concern uh, for me, shadows. but yeah. Shadows, more, you know, like you said, it's uh, it's where the sun is. Where did you take off from? You know, we, we don't travel that fast. It's not like an aircraft and you're going to fly 200, 300 miles away in a couple of hours. Um, yeah. E even though you can't see your LZ, you, you should know which way to go back. I know that the more I fly in my area, the more I understand where I am by just looking around. I know where yeah. I am um, only because I fly it so much. Um, I, usually fly, I usually fly with my full tank, which gets me about two, two to two and a half hours of flight, which gives me about 60 miles. And I've flown all over the place. And it, it's, it's when I first started flying, got lost really quick. I needed my phone. Mm -hmm. I needed that, that map, that uh, GPS to see where I am. Now it's no big deal. Um, yeah, here's something. Here's something. It, here's something. Something uh, uh, Shane said earlier. Uh, no, it wasn't earlier. It was another show. But uh, I was going to ask you, because you fly the most in hours, two, two and a half hours. Uh, do does your legs go numb or anything like that? No. Um, no. Mm -mm. It's not that it's not that my legs go numb. It's just from hanging there for so long. I'm just kind of. I want to make sure that they're awake. <laughs> so yeah. it, even in my videos, you'll see me stretch my legs out and 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 I just move them around a lot just to make sure that. It's not that the seat isn't comfortable where my legs actually go to sleep. I just want to make sure that <clears throat> if you ever sat like at a bar stool long enough and you go to go to stand yep. up and, and your feet yep. kind of feel a little funny or something. Or that's toilet. Well, you that know, too. You know, that's, that's a good idea, Shane. That's a good idea. You know, some of those bar stools, they have those little uh, feet rests. Yeah. I wonder if there's a way that we can make little feet rests for oh, our speed bar. Speed bar. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can get a you can get a, a foot rest. It's a trike. You, you, yeah, it's called a trike. <laughs> yeah, a trike. Yeah, a trike. <laughs> if I, if I sit at a bar stool too long and I stand up, I'm going over. Every right. time I land, the same thing. Every time I land, since I broke my foot, I literally looked out of my foot. I tell it to move and get ready. And because uh, <laughs> that left foot gets stiff, and uh, I, I work it for a good minute or so before I, I come in for a landing. I mean, the landing gear has got to be ready. Um, 
hey, real quick, when you go back to the, uh, we used to be married before uh, we we uh, got into paramotoring. Actually, paramotoring has saved part of my relationship because my wife likes to sleep in on the weekends, and I get up in the morning and I go fly, and I don't come back till 10, 30, 11 when she is almost yeah. ready to get up. <laughs> so, because before I would roll over and start like, hey, are you up yet? No, I'm still sleeping. And I'd be on my phone messing around in bed. And then I'd actually accidentally hit the unmute button and then something would be playing. And she's like, I'm sleeping over here. Oh, it sounds to me like you're awake. You're talking. Let's get up. And she's like, no, I'll go back to bed. So eventually it would cause a fight because I'm ready to get up, but I don't want to get up without her and blah, blah, blah. So actually it's really been quite nice uh, ever since I've been flying because I can take off in the morning and come back and about the time I come back, she's uh, almost ready to get up. That makes, that makes a perfect weekend, doesn't it? Perfect uh, wife. Honey, they're talking about you. We love you, Krista. We said you're perfect. Yep. Let's see if we want to shake this. her hand. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> wife let's, support, spouse support. Let's see if we can trick her. Hold on. How you gonna trick her? She thinks my background's on all the time. Hey, Krista. So while he's doing that, so when y'all are checking your GPS, is it just basically from your cell phone, or does somebody actually have? Do y'all have an actual GPS? I use I use the Skyfly High, so it knows where I am, where I took off from, and which way I need to go back. Yeah. If you is that an app? Yeah. yeah Skyfly High is an app. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's on iPhone, and um, there's. I was, a... I was telling everybody how great you are, and they all said that you're perfect. Is it on Android as well? Um, no, I think, I think it's so. just on iPhone. Yeah. Just Apple, but they got some really good free ones. Anyway. Hey, Krista, we can see you. <laughs> Hi, Krista. Hi, we see you. Hi, Krista. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I can't see you. Do you see yourself on TV? I have no clue. It's way delayed and I can't see that. There's no do you see me on there? Do you need anything? No, why are you crawl she's crawling across <laughs> Hey, we see We see you. You are in trouble, buddy. You are in big trouble, Shane. Gotta never be on the internet, too. Gotta run over to clairefoxtv.com. Watch this episode. We that was great, Shane. No idea what where we are right now, but you gotta watch it. It's put the wig on and go hide somewhere, man. So what I did is I turned on another channel, another uh, show. Oh, one of the one of the old videos. <laughs> yeah, and she doesn't see herself, so she's like, "I'm not on there." I'm like, "Do you see her on there?" She's like, "It's delayed," and then she's like, "I'm not sure." So she got on the floor, <laughs> crawled on her hands and knees behind the couch to leave. <laughs> All, all your friends on the show had to say, "Hey, Krista, we can see you." Yeah. <laughs> they can see me. Oh my god, I'm out of here. Shane, your, your friends suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny, oh, the man. funny part is because she has to wear a mask all day long at work because she's in the medical field. 
um, she's got her face is all like breaking out or whatever because of the the mask. So she started this skin peel thing. So she's got like her face is starting to peel and everything. And I'm like, what's on your face? She's like, my face is peeling. Leave me alone. <laughs> so I make sure I make sure I pointed out that her face is peeling. She's like, stop it. My face is peeling. I know. He's going to kill you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> only, only if she watches the show. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to point out a few things. For those who want to fly the beach and aren't from around here, I greatly appreciate someone like Dave who spends the time to, to make sure he gets permission. Because right. as someone who is part of several uh, paramotor pages on Facebook that um, are Florida people only, <clears throat> there, was, uh, there was a particular person who flew out of, I don't know, Ormond Beach with a 360 cam right over top of multiple people and buildings and stuff. And they're so not happy with him. So not happy. So it seems like know. it seems like the people that get in trouble are the ones that are that are filming themselves doing things wrong and then posting on the internet. Yeah, I think I think I saw that video. <laughs> Literally, if you're yeah. doing a 360 camera. You cannot say you weren't flying over someone because you know what? All you have to do with the 360 cameras look straight down from that point of view. You can't say from my point of view, I wasn't over top of somebody. But if the camera is 360, you can literally go straight down from that camera. And <laughs> where are you at? You're literally launching over a family, small children. Oh, wow. You look cool, brother. Let me tell you. Uh, and that, I think he's that, from the shallow end of the gene pool. Listen, I can tell you that I have watched one particular post that has gone on for days and just absolutely disgusted with why people come here. They don't do like Dave does and check your local law enforcement, county, whatever. You know, I will defend just, those people, but some of them just don't know better. They haven't been told yet because maybe they self-trained or they didn't get any proper training or anything. And an aviator, the first rule they teach you, and it's printed above the, the chalkboard, and the main rule is is, is D-BAD, D-B-A-D. I think you all know what it stands for. Yep. No, and what does it mean? Don't, <laughs> don't be a dick. <laughs> ah, you know, yeah, I mean, Florida, Florida is especially challenged because I mean, somebody, uh, the story I heard was uh, during training that uh, a beach passed a rule on the west coast of Florida that said you couldn't fly PPG from there anymore. And two guys took off. One guy was sorry. One guy took off. One guy was on the ground. Police approach said, hey, you know, they passed an ordinance. You can't you can't take off from the beach anymore. And uh, he's like, do you, have, do you have the ability to call your buddy and call him back? And he's like, yeah. And so he, he called his buddy and his buddy basically came back with a bunch of curse words for the local police department. And then yeah. all of a sudden, a good deal of the West Coast of Florida is suddenly not available in a state where there's just a tremendous number, you know, per capita compared to the rest of the country of PPG pilots. And what a devastating blow to not be able to fly on the west coast of Florida. They have beautiful beaches, great weather. 
um, just a beautiful, beautiful area to fly. Well, Mark, Mark from uh, Para, Paraswag USA can, can contest to this. We don't have to fly from the beach here. We can go yep. to a local airport and fly right over the river and to the beach within 15 minutes. And you can go and spend an hour going, going down the beach. Well, spend 35 minutes going one way and 35 minutes back and then fly back over the river. And you will have some of the greatest footage you will ever get for flying the beach. My concern is, well, actually, it's not a concern because the particular airport that I fly out of to do that, you have to get a badge. You have to get permission of, to get onto the airport. Um, and they, if, if you're like, well, I don't need, I don't want to get a badge. I just want to come for the day. Okay. Well, they don't open the office until like 10 o'clock in the morning on weekends. So there you're out. And then they close by like two thirty, three o'clock on, on the afternoon. So guess what? I don't have to worry about you showing unless you want to show up at two o'clock in the afternoon and sit there for three hours waiting for the winds to get right or it's time to fly. But uh, the beach over here on the East Coast is pretty much shut down unless you find a private uh, campground that is PPG friendly, which I know of one. And that lady is super nice. Um She's just like, hey, go have fun. Don't break nothing and don't kill yourself. And that's pretty much it. That's that's her rule. So it's 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 kind of mm. challenging here because you only really have two spots you can fly from and get to the beach unless you go from the compound. The problem with the compound, it's a 35, 40 minute flight from the compound to the beach. So now you've got 10, 15 minutes before you got to turn around and come back. And you don't really get to spend that much time at the beach. You can't technically take off from the beach unless you go from a couple of different places. And the airport that I take off from is one of them. You can get there within 15 minutes. So I'm still waiting for Brian Waller to come down here. Jade, Sean, all you guys it, need to come down. We can have a little fun. Walter. Is it, is it, not, uh, is it not rule number one? over there basically is you've got to be a thousand feet above any populated area. Technically you're not allowed to fly over any um, occupied buildings. If you're a thousand feet and above it's all right. Nope. No. No. Nope. Not here. Not here. You are you know you but that's not... also good uh, about this channel it's, it's, and it's these, different. All, all these channels because you know you get to know people throughout the U.S. that you can fly with and they can show you the right places to fly because now you also have somebody else to fly with. You're just not flying by yourself. It's, I, it, 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 it's different for general aviation, um, what, what you can fly over, than it is for FAR 103, what we fall under. Um, we're not allowed to fall over uh, populated areas uh, with general aviation. Um, like you, you can fly over a city, but there, you have to be maybe a thousand feet high, two thousand, depending on the airspace. Five hundred, um, five hundred, yeah, yeah. So, so, so the, the rules are different whether you're general aviation with a private pilot's license or uh, FAR one hundred three. Uh, Australia is probably you know different, so don't know. I'm not saying I'm not saying over a city, but uh, if you were at the beach, let's say, as long as you're a thousand feet up, you're not going to. You know, encroach on anybody's uh, 
according to the rules based on you know something falling off of your unit that might fall and hit somebody you know um you're, you're not supposed to fly in a way that ever puts anybody other than yourself in danger walter if you look at the uh my beach video i, I can't remember which one it is it's i only got one or two uh beach videos but uh it literally, you see people out in the water and you see me go out around them and then come yeah. back in over the beach because yeah. it is a rule. You Whether I'm a thousand feet or not, I would have done the exact same thing because like Brian said, if something falls off your motor, yeah, heck, even if you're 50, 60 yards off to their left and something flies off your paramotor and the prop hits it and throws it their way, you're responsible for it. So the further you are away from them and the further you are higher than them, the safer you are according to the FR-103 rules. So, again, if you leave the compound to fly to the beach, there's nothing but neighborhoods in front of you between the compound and the, and the river and, the, and then the beach. Unless you go south of the compound – then you can go across and never cross over one house. I can't tell you how many people I've watched leave the compound and go directly east. Every one of them are crossing thousands of homes. And I go all the way down to the south and turn and go east. A lot of people argue that a house, um, you know, without people standing in the yard is not a congested or crowded area, you know, um, but two people standing on a sidewalk could be classified as such, depending on what Correct. somebody said. Correct. Yeah. I 100% agree. The, I just. Yep. The rules are set to if you you are at fault, if anybody else gets hurt or there's damage or anything, mm -hmm. the rules are written where you are responsible as a pilot for everything. So if anything falls off the uh, paramotor, uh, you fall down and hurt somebody, whatever happens, if you do any damage, you are responsible. That's the way it's uh, it's written. And if you piss off somebody, too. You know, like uh, flying too low and go over um, uh, horses or horses cows or, or livestock. Yeah, you yeah. Can, you're at fault also. I mean, you're. Yeah. Craig Taylor just dropped a uh, thing, a chat in or a message in the chat there. Actually, FR one hundred three allows no minimum altitude as long as you are not over person of a gathering or harm to person or property. You can. You can, under FR-103, fly over occupied ho homes or houses as long as it's 500 and above. So, technically, I guess you could leave the compound and fly all over those houses, across those houses, as long as you're 500, according to what Craig just said. But there's all, no, there's, there's, uh, there's been some cases, too. You got to look at some cases that somebody flew and there's two houses within an acre and the judge said that was considered. Um, that's, that's the whole problem, though. It's subjective to some people. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it was, con yeah. it was congested. Yeah. Congested, that's the word. Yeah, congested, yeah. Right. It, it was, they just wrote it that way so that no matter what, you're at fault. There is an easy exactly. way to fix that. Is just don't fly over that stuff. Exactly. We have plenty of places to fly. It. You know, my I had I had just trained with Kyle. It was my first year into paramotoring, and I went to Galveston. I got invited down there. They're like, man, it's the best flying you'll ever do is on the beach. So I went down there. I had eight flights under my belt. When I left, I had eighteen flights under my belt. 
after two days. But a lesson I learned is about the congestion is uh, there was a guy flying a kite and he was actually not standing on the beach. He was standing in the water and I did not see the line because he was way out in the water and everybody else was flying their kites on the beach. So we were kind of stay away from it. And I had the, the, the stream come across my harness. I actually snagged <laughs> kite. And, uh, I mean, it's just, you don't need to be close to that stuff at all. Period. Mm-hmm. It was, that was a lesson that I learned that weekend. Goes goes back to liability insurance. David, when did you talk to First Flight? Was it last year or this year? Uh, First Flight. Sorry. Yeah, the, ins- the insurance. I'm sorry. The, uh, that, that's uh, that's an insurance company. I I'm trying to remember what the name of the insurance company is. It's got we got it sitting on my desk, but it's all the way downstairs. Um, uh, I contacted them. Uh, I guess just four weeks after I got back, I, I wanted, basically I wanted to coordinate it so that I had it before I, you know, by the time my gear arrived, which was, you know, in a five to six week delay mode. Um, but uh, as far as actually getting the insurance and things like that, once I had the uh, PPG two rating uh, go through and I was able to, uh, and then I joined the USUA and then applied immediately for the insurance you know, with proof of the PPG two mm-hmm. from uh, the USPPA, then uh, that whole process was like a week before I had the insurance policy in my hand. So it, it was a really quick process. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, you know, like I said, uh, the folks at USUA and at the insurance uh, provider were both, you know, great and worked efficiently to be able to get things approved mm-hmm. and done and get the insurance policy in my hand. Oh, wow. What kind of, Cause, what cause kind of I, insurance are we talking about? Liability insurance for not life party. insurance, not life no. insurance. No, no, no. My life is worth nothing. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah. I was yeah. going to yeah. tell you because uh, because do gonna... we know do we, do we, do you have the name of that insurance company? Because we're really been looking for some insurance. Yeah, um, I'll tell you, the... I, I tell, give give me two seconds. I'll run downstairs. I'll come back yeah. up with it. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. The reason why the reason. The reason why I say is USPPA used to go through the USUA and the, that used to be first flight insurance out of Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. Last year, end of August, I got a PP2 rating from Midwest PPG. And then I called first flight down in North Carolina and I could not get anybody to answer the phones. I called even the president I emailed them several times, no response. And the person that is on the bottom of the USPPA form, that was the USUA form, uh, when I called her phone, I got a message, and this was August, her message says, we will be out for Memorial Day, which was back in, obviously, May of last (laughs) year. So I've been trying to find, and then I've called some other insurance companies like falcon insurance and at least the guy knew what a ppg was i called some other insurance companies they didn't they've never heard of it and i called the falcon insurance and talked to him and he said that first flight he believed kind of stopped doing that uh, ppg and ua um, insurance but he said that he couldn't insure anything unless i had an end number so it was kind of like Back to square one. 
Those girls are not watching that, though. He got something. I'm back. Here we go. Yeah, I Star Insurance Company. He's been in here with us, and, and then he went through. to the trash can and started doing that. You talking about that gargoyle on your lap? What? <laughs> what gargoyle? Oh, no, I'm talking about our 13-year-old. He's, uh, what, what's the sound? Yes, it is. I can't help it. Look, the laptop mute. Sorry. And over here, because we're registered and licensed, uh, we we are covered with our license for ten million dollars uh, in any damage to third party. Okay. Here's a copy of my policy. So here's the name of the company. Star Insurance Company. This is, as I said, the, the company that USUA put me in touch with. And uh, the, the uh, insurance providers representative and the USUA uh, representative both knew each other well. And uh, like I said, the process went through really, really quickly. Um, here is a copy, if you can see it, of the liability stuff. So, you know, it's a million dollars per incident. Um, I really don't think my 200 pounds of weight dropping out of the sky could cause a million dollars worth of damage to anything. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just in case, it's there. And it, you know, if it puts people at ease, especially, I mean, if you think about it from the perspective of, you know, here's some dude that calls you up and you're the um uh the director of parks and rec for you know podunk county wherever and you know you're asking for permission to fly something that he's never heard of before that has a prop that's going supersonic speed and god only knows what you could you know who you could collide with you know in in you know young soccer players or whatever else it's like Hopefully this, you know, this little policy helps put, you know, somebody's mind at ease. At least that's the plan. I, I just want to point out, anybody notice that shovel? I mean, that spoon that Amy is using right now, that spoon is huge. <clears throat> what is that, a shovel? Oh, my. Look at the size of that spoon. Shovel, isn't it? That thing is huge. It's perfect for my <laughs> Good night, Jade. Party yeah. pooper. Yeah, it Mission. looks like Will's gonna run too. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I know. Too. I what a coincidence! Hey guys, I've, 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 I've got to head out too. It's hey, thirty on a Monday. Hey, I gotta bail too. Okay. Yep. <laughs> David, Thank we're you, just David. gonna leave Bye. you here. Bye, Dave. I, I'm Bye, I'm heading out too, guys. Hey, David. Well, I didn't get Happy the name. Thank you, David. Night, everybody. Thank you, David. Thank, Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Oh, thanks for goodness. thanks for being a guest. <laughs> Absolutely, my Bye. pleasure. Night, y'all. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you, David, for being on the show. This is PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast. We're signing off for this evening. Y'all have a great day, and we'll see you next week at uh, 7 p.m. 
Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. But don't forget, tomorrow we also got a show over at pbdshane.com. Yeah. Anybody else want to yeah. throw some, some dot coms out there and how to get up with y'all? Go ahead and do it before we go. Thursday night, paraglidingtalks.com. <laughs> you gotta there. say it. You gotta say it lower. I say it lower. Oh, yeah, no. like like uh, Robert does. Oh wait, say it, Captain. Say it, Captain. Paraglidingtalk.com. Yeah. Paraglidingtalk.com. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we're right about that stuff. I don't yeah. know. All right. Yeah. Linda, you always put the East Coast twist on the end of that with a dot com. I know. Dot com. We said we said Linda. We said Linda. Say it lower. She goes dot com. Mark George, you're not allowed to. Bye, bye guys. Peace out. Bye. See you later. Hey, I got a bell too. Right on, Walter. Uh, I was just saying, I heard something this morning that you're not allowed to eat Amy's biscuits anymore. You're on a sugar-free diet or something. Is that right? No, that's me. Oh. Oh. Um, Vicky, are you you're sugar-free? I'm sugar-free too. That's awesome. I love being sugar-free. Oh. No, Walter. Walter's my sugar. Oh snap! Oh boy! Oh boy! Good <laughs> everybody. Lucky Walter's looking for a green color. Yeah, Walter, yeah. You're, you're lucky. There's an ocean between you. You'd be dead, bud. <laughs> Made my day. <laughs> no, that's not what you say. No, that's not what you say. You say that's not a knife. <laughs> that's not a threat <laughs> oh my god i'm crying oh all right guys good night all all right guys good night you is they are parachickpies.com sugary sweets just for you oh and you can always find me at ppg grandpa she, she didn't say anything about biscuits walter so Biscuits are cookies in Australia and England. Yeah. England. Biscuits are cookies. Hey, John I Wayne, I hope your uh, thumb gets better. Oh, he put his thumb right that long. <laughs> I, hope, I hope your prop gets fixed. That too. Uh, props, props gone. <laughs> oh, no. Well, at least your thumb's there. I left of it Kyle. So Kyle Kyle's, good with it. Yeah. Kyle's got plenty of uh, molds to fix it. <laughs> Uh, that one's beyond the mold. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess guys. I don't know this Thank story, you, John. John. You're going to have to fill me in later. Oh, I just had a great takeoff. That's all. Where were you at? Here or there? Spring Hill, probably. Naylor. Spring Hill. You were at Naylor? Oh. Yeah. We was over there with uh, young Woody, the... Oh uh, yeah, way, yeah, I know. I, I know. I was, he's he coming to get arm. a frame. Do what? Yeah, he said he, he bent that arm today. Yeah, not on our frame. No, but on that one they that they gave him the test. Uh-huh. Who who what do you know what it was? 
I don't remember the name of it. It's a new machine. Yeah, he just he and, just yeah. sent me a text. He goes, man, I hope the Rebel holds up like the Alpha did. I said it's the exact same arms, and because he already tested our Alpha and he didn't bend anything. Well, he bent that one from that, and it was a it was a sturdy looking machine, but he bent it today. He told me he said he that's what he texted me a while ago while we were on the show that he bent it because he's yeah. picking up a frame well, from us. I guess Bill H was following him around and started trying to do some, some stuff too. <laughs> what? Yeah, Bill said he was out there pulling some lines, man. <laughs> I love Bill. I was here in Spring Hill today. I was in Spring Hill here today. I flew by myself today. Man, y'all just living it up. I'm over here working my ass off. Y'all all flying around me. I'm heading to Arkansas in the morning. I, I found a place where there should be some good weather tomorrow over there. Where? Sean, where's Sean where? at? Yeah, where, where, uh, <laughs> yeah, where, where, where? <laughs> Mount Ida. Oh, okay. That's kind of far from me, unfortunately. Come up, come up north, and you can play in some more snow on on Wednesday. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's supposed to get no. five, five inches, maybe. Dude, we are uh, yeah. supposed to get forty degrees tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. ridiculous this is ridiculous where's your summer yeah we we might drop yeah. down to like 80 degrees tomorrow oh. Brr. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey um so anyways so um this friday is my last day of working for the man at 4 p.m so pretty much after that i can pretty much do whatever i want to because i am my own paramotor company now so my gosh wow so, so what what was what no would you more work in paris uh. <laughs> ah, gosh. so so what, what, what no were you what did you do sean what, what was your occupation i was a computer engineer for uh for many many years uh and my own company and then after my heart surgery i decided to do you know work for the man that was easy and simple so i went to work for bite squad and uh, uh help set up everything it wise so i was it for bite squad over here in conway and the market coordinator uh helping out other drivers mm-hmm. and uh, i was doing a couple other jobs too on the side because you know this last uh, year my wife didn't have a job because of the covid thing she worked with the airlines oh yeah so, so yeah. Uh, she just recently got a job working at a bank that she loves she'd, she'd rather do the bank than work for the airline she said i'm like hey Hey, glad you found something uh, better to do and uh so you know not all the strain is is uh not there anymore i don't have to worry about working so much and um this this friday i'm back to working for myself again no more working for the man congratulations yeah yeah Yeah. i'm still an i i'm still in it as well so yeah they don't the computers don't care (laughs) they don't sleep they don't eat and they don't go and i started working back when they were the 285s or the uh yeah 285s and or 286s and uh, old DOS commands and stuff like that before you know everything oh, went uh, yeah. gooey back in '95 when Bill Gates decided go. To, to go do his Windows '95 and yeah. and uh, steal it from America Xerox. Online, America Online put pumping out all those free discs everywhere. Wow. Yep. Good yeah, old. I was I, I worked on Commodore 64 when it first came out. Yeah. I had a Vic 20. <laughs> I worked on the big machines, the things that were sizes of elevators. Oh yeah, the the computer that is yeah. now in your pocket that was the size of yeah. a room. Yep. 
But li- yeah. you 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 laugh, but the original- I know, I know, I believe you. Yeah. One of the original things they had a whole floor just full of disk drives. Now that same disk drives stand in a thing about two by two or a three by three four four space. They used to take and, up a whole room. Terabytes and terabytes of drive yep. on this little tiny space. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, Sean, if, if you shine, I mean, no, Sean, <laughs> if, you, uh, if you're a computer whiz, how come your computer's glitching? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's not the he's, computer. Yeah. It's not the computer. It's, it's, the, it's the internet. <laughs> There's a hey, difference. Walter. Walter, have you ever seen a mechanic's car? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, there you go. All right. That's it. Not the computer. It's not the computer. It's the internet. Yeah. I mean, I have a problem with the internet, so I'm going to go talk with Gore about that because he invented it, so (laughs) maybe he can fix this damn thing. I love it. (laughs) Hey, man, we just it's cool. We just had the phone company come out. We had fiber optics in our neighborhood put in. So they came out and installed it. And when they left, I, I paid no attention because I was working my regular job while they were installing mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. But when they left, I went and looked at the cable is a little bit bigger than the optical cable that you would use for sound. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. like, holy moly. And we're what? running one gig up, one gig down. Yeah, one wire. It's all laser. I know. I love it. I love it. Amazing. And we're hauling butt, too. And, and no limit. And saving money. Yeah. It's cheaper. Yeah. Ours, is, ours has phone. TV, internet, one wire. That's crazy, isn't it? We don't mm-hmm. have a landline. We I remember the good old it. days when we had T1 in, and we're like, wow, T1, this yeah. is Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, T1. That was business. Yeah. That was here. big time, yeah. T1. Yeah, that was, a what, a thousand a month or something? Yeah, something like that. that what really- do you guys pay for unlimited over there? What do we pay for ours we, now? Hey, man, this new stuff we got, believe it or not, the first year cost us $70 a month. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. That's not bad at all. That's for internet. Yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah. just internet. We don't need anything we else. We're paying a hundred and ten. Yeah, with the cable company. Yeah. We're we're paying we're paying the uh just for the internet. It's the pro a <coughs> hundred bucks a month just for the pro. Yeah. Yeah. It's somewhere around there. It's between seventy and a hundred, depending where you are in the country. And and, and I'll ask how, what's the speed like? Because I know we got shit speed over. Dude, here. we're running it one. Lightning we're fast. we're running one gig down, one gig up. Mm-hmm. One gig? Yes. Wow, that's, that's wow. dude. We're hauling that ass. I couldn't believe it. Hey, when he <laughs> plugged me in and he did the speed test, I, it went over eight hundred plus, and I'm like, yeah. holy moly! And ups uploads the same. So I'm like, yeah. yeah wait, uh, wait, wait till your whole neighborhood gets on. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but still, man, I know, I know. That's what happened. That's what happened to me when I first got. I was the first one in the neighborhood. Lady came to the door and says, "From the old internet company." She goes, uh, "We're we're going to be using fiber all the way up to the house." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm there, I'm there." And she goes, "The rest of your neighborhood didn't want it." And I said, "I want it." And then when I got it, it was 800. Now it's back down to like around 100 because oh, don't be telling me that. Quit yeah. busting my bubble. <laughs> Come so, on, man! You're gonna have me. You'll have me yeah. paranoid. I'll be checking yeah. it like the stock market every day. Yeah. Your your mileage may vary, but yeah, yeah. You you know, in fifty years, they're gonna look at us and watch this video and say, "A gig up and gig down. That's it." Just like we look at dial up right yeah. now, we're like, "Dial up? Are you kidding? Oh that's awful, God. dude." Yeah. My very first game I ever played online was Duke Nukem 3D, and <laughs> I played it 
and yeah. I had to plug the phone into the modem, and it was going bing, bing, yeah, all three that hot, crap. Yeah, three yeah. hundred four, fourteen twenty or seven hundred baht originally. Oh yeah, yeah, well, and the, and when you and went an acoustic the, coupler. And when you went up to the 28 yes. bar, you're like, 28, 28 bar. <laughs> hey, remember, remember when the PC came out with 10 gig drives and they said you will never need more than 10 gig? Oh my god, yeah. Now we're over terabytes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And filling up terabytes. I remember getting excited over 20 TV stations. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I re- the first house we moved into when we, when I remember in 1976, we had three stations, three, six, and twelve, and it was an antenna. Mm-hmm. And maybe, and maybe a UHF channel, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then my, I'll and then we got cable, way. and my dad got HBO, and it was game on, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Up in Land Lakes, Wisconsin, we got one television station when I was a kid, and an airplane hit that tower, and we had no TV. Oh god! Only Damn. tower in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> only tower in the sky. In the sky. I was like, yep. come on. The only one. I need some <laughs> the airplane hit it, yeah. knocked it down. Sure, he wasn't a PPG pilot. <laughs> Hey, we were talking about this stuff the other day and, and doing flashbacks. Did any of you guys have a party line? Yes. Oh my god. Oh, yes. yes. Party sure. line. I was sure. I was five years old and we used to drive the lady on the party line crazy. <laughs> we would pick up and yeah. we'd listen and she gets so pissed, she'd say, Get off the line, get off the line. And we <laughs> dude, they would do us the same way, and I'd hit the little receiver thing. I'd go, yeah. Yep. And I covered up real <laughs> I still know you're there. I still know you're there. Yep. I'm like, well, would you get off? Because I need to make a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That was hilarious. You see, the crazy thing what is what was nice about the party line was is that if you if you missed a call or, or you didn't remember what somebody said, you could always call up Mrs. Magnuson because she heard every conversation. <laughs> she, yeah. she picked up every call. Yeah, She's your yeah, yeah. You she knew everything you needed to know. That's that's because she was a Russian spy, and you just didn't know it. That's right. That, that was yeah, Russia's big be. brother. Yeah, I was gonna say she's big brother for Big Brother happened. Big um, sister. Yeah. yeah, I think right. she. I think she eventually was uh, fell, uh, retired from the NSA. So. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, listen, brother. I want. I wanted to tell you, uh, you guys something. I I went out and flew with uh, Mark McElroy uh, this last weekend. Yeah, out in Atlanta. That. Yeah, that was his. It's supposed to have been the the last flight out of his yard, but I guess there's a holdup on the house or something. So maybe they'll fly again. But he had a pretty nice crowd out there that day. But he had a lot of people he flies with out there. That's cool. Is it, somebody said he was having engine problems or something. I seen Shane okay. talking about it or something earlier. I know chat. Shane was having problems with his. Mother. Oh, is that Shane is having problems? Yeah. Oh. Oh. That's why he's having a bad day. Hi. A quick question: um, When y'all are talking about business and everything, do you plan on having like a uh, type of grand opening, whatever intro? Here I am. Thing? Are we gonna have like a ribbon cutting and yeah. all that good stuff with like some giant scissors? <laughs> are, are you, are you, are you talking and about me? Do we have some white doves and all that good? No, I was junk? gonna say balloons going out in the air. We're just wondering about the Paramotor College. 
Oh, well, see, what I'm doing is I'm going to get the paramotorcollege.com fixed up. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. First. Um, I'm also going to go train with um, uh, Aviator and Kyle and some other uh, trainers uh, before I officially open up the school. Okay. I have some bad news. Okay. 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 <laughs> He keeps forgetting to tell you. Yes, I keep forgetting to tell you. It's not it's not like super, super important, but it's not good news. It'll pop your bubble. Yeah, a little bit, because you brought it up tonight. And I told him, I said, you got to tell him. You keep forgetting to tell him. You better tell him soon. The guy we were training with for Tandem. Yeah. He's out. He's decided to cut business. I bought a bunch of his stuff. That's the guy that was selling the stuff. I told you about the wings for your school. Oh, okay. He's decided yeah. to just fly. He, he's a, he said he told me this is exact words because I hated to hear this because he was in it full heartedly, you know, and he's got a good school and a good reputation. But he said he knew when he started this, he wasn't going to do it forever. Right. And he's found something else that he wants to venture off into as far as business. And that's why he's, he's, he had a talk with his wife and that's what he decided to do. So I basically the frame that I sent him to get my training and all that, I tell he's going to sell it. And I got some wings and some helmets and some, I got Amy, a, res, a brand new reserve coming. So, so he said, I'm official now for going off into the yeah. wild blue yonder since I have a reserve now. What, what kind of reserve did you get? It's an APCO Mayday. Oh, okay. Uh, one, one mm-hmm. eighteen. Yeah. No, one eighteen. I think LT. Okay. 18 LT. Well, with me not working and me doing paramotors full time, you know, maybe we can go out and fly more and I can try your, your frames and your wings. Which I've I, got some sitting here right now. I've got a, uh, what color do I have? I have a solid red one with the red swing arms and handle. And then I have a red, white, and blue one with red swing arms and a blue handle and white tank. You know, what's really interesting is I bought some of that um, Dogecoin back, back in uh December when it was like 0.001 cent and I bought like you know 100 bucks worth had like 40 or 45,000 coins and I looked on Robinhood today and I, I might be able to 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 buy some frames and and stuff for me you, you know that's funny Kent Stamey we all know who Kent is right mm-hmm. the donator yeah. from yeah. from heaven i mean golly (laughs) like i had to ask you when i made him like what the freak do you do for a living i mean like you're like paying everybody's wages on these shows what are you doing and he sure don't look like it does he no he is very humble (laughs) he's a good dude man he just got a new wing from us actually but uh what was the reason i was telling you oh yes he he Uh, bought a new wing with his bitcoin money Ooh. And then this weekend, after he made the commitment and made part of the payment, he said this weekend the Bitcoin fell off. Uh, yeah, it did. <clears throat> yeah, it goes up and down. It's fine. Well, it, went, it, it went down because they, um, they're they saying that the, uh, the, the government has some regulations that they're going to start imposing on um, cryptocurrency. So a lot of people, yeah. a lot of oh, people are selling yeah, off. They want to get their cut. You yeah. know, the government. Of course, of course. And they want y'all to- want to sell weed? Sure, sell weed, but they, we want our cut, even just, though it's not yeah. legal. They just sit back and see what's <laughs> yeah. successful. Yeah. Even though it's not legally federally legal, y'all can go ahead and do it and pay us, and we'll let you do it. I know, right? Yeah. It's like, it's I like- hate hearing that because I told Mark uh, the other day, I said, we need to talk to Sean and do some of that Bitcoin stuff. Well, you know, I it's funny. I, it's a gamble, man. I, don't I know. know. That's yeah. Why. 
I, put I think it, those are one of those fad things that you got to get in when it's hot. Yeah. You know. Well, um, to well they well tomorrow is the four twenty, and uh, Dogecoin right now is running at right about forty cents a coin, and uh, they're expecting it to get up to a dollar a coin. Really? You want some coinage? So, so how do I get some? How do I get some some of this? Um, it's easy. Just go under Robinhood and uh, buy I some Dogecoin. You say it goes on sale tomorrow? No, 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 no. That's you can buy it anytime. Uh, it's so right worth, now, it's how much? Forty cents. 40. About forty cents a coin. So if you buy, you know, um, a couple coins now, I'd say hundreds of dollars as much as you can of pump. Of course. It. Supposed to double tomorrow. It's supposed to be the big Dogecoin thing. I don't know if it's going to happen, but. Um, I sold off a bunch of my old other st st uh, stocks and uh, just bought a whole bunch, hoping that it does double. So oh, Robin Hood, that's yeah, what... Robinhood has like fee. It's hard to get your money. You have to have so much in the account for you can get your cash out. Um, I run money in and out of that all the time. It's like it's almost instantaneous. We'll look into it. Yeah, we'll look into it. And that and that coin is called what, Sean? Uh, D O G E Dogecoin. Okay. And um. Uh, if you haven't, do you, do you guys use Robinhood? I have a Robinhood account, but I've heard yeah. people say that you can't use for money unless it hits a certain amount, like a certain number, and then you can get your money. Otherwise, it just sits there and you can't do anything with it. Uh oh, my wife, my wife is calling me. And that is time, time to go. Thank you guys. Yep. Yeah. On the show. <laughs> yeah. Take care. On that note, um, since my wife is in bed next next door yeah. hey did y'all hear the name of that insurance company because i never did get it yeah it was it was star s-t-a-r-r -R. yeah two, two, two r's a r, -R. okay and i also heard two uh first flight insurance yeah but but the, i don't lots of flight. but i don't think they're doing it anymore i i call, like i said i called first flight last year all last year they never answered my calls they never returned my emails so u.s <clears throat> So um, it's USA, you don't you USA don't think somebody you don't think somebody put the word out about Mark H getting in touch with them and they like blackballed <laughs> you or something, do you? They <laughs> 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 could. I, I called the I called the president. I called the vice president. <laughs> <and the> president. <laughs> That's <laughs> like he's calling all of us, man. Blackball this number yeah, right here. You see this? Uh, email? I, I even I even called from a from a fake number. So there you yeah. go. <laughs> Uh, from a ghost he, like, he, already, he already had that yeah. conspiracy theory in his no, head. He's like, I'm going to crush that right now. Yeah. It's like there you go. Someone tries to from a different number and oh. you know they're selling you some note. Well, see, they're, they're, they're connected, Mark. You didn't know that. They're connected with Big Brother and they knew every yeah. phone that you would call from. So they, they blocked yeah, they, all that stuff. The yeah, NSA has my data all over. Yeah, it, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Your they, family yeah. and everything yeah. is blocked. Exactly. They just laugh and say, look at him try to call us again. Yep. Okay. He's calling the president right now. Look at him. <laughs> he thinks he's been to get somewhere. Like John, he just called me. He might be calling you next. Yeah, this is this is Mark. This is uh, from Harris Swag. I'm calling the president. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 sending the president a strongly worded letter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey guys, y'all have a good evening. You too. John, Take uh, care. I, I I was gonna call you today, and I got hell. I got caught up and stuff. I was late even picking Amy up from work. That's no problem. I'm I'm busy all this week, but I tell you what, by four o'clock on Friday, I'm good. You can call all me. Right. I'll holler at you this weekend. All right. Wait, so good weather. Yes. Mark,
have you had any uh, any inquiries from Australia with those proper leases? Uh, no, I haven't. Let me think. I had somebody from Guatemala get a hold of me. That's not Australia. No. Yeah. What are you doing? No. Putting the word on the street, Walter? Hey, Walter, oh. you, I got something new coming. Don't worry about it. Don't don't worry about putting the word out on nothing. I got a new prop hub coming where I'm not having to actually buy it from somebody else to sell it. Okay. You know, yeah. I got my own prop hub coming. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, you know, no, Rip right. Man riding on uh, our Paramount yeah. Nation? Rip's yep. been flying one of these prop hubs for a year almost now. So it's fully tested. Yeah. I just had to find somebody to machine it, and I found a guy in New York that's going to do it for a reasonable price. So I'll, they'll be coming up. He's on them right now. He's making that, them right now. Is that similar to the one the Europeans have? It, it's it's kind of similar. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of similar. It's it's in a star form. It's it's the lightest all metal prop hub out there. Quick release, I promise you. And it's P free. And it's what? P-free. What does that mean? European, it's P-free. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh on God. that note, we had a great, great show. And she better not ever say anything about any of my groaners from now on because she has been groaning us tonight. And she's usually, okay. she's usually really witty. You want my last groaner for tonight? Oh, my God. Last one. Okay, this husband went to a therapist because he said, I'm really concerned. I think my wife is dead. And they're like, well, why do you think that? And he said, well, the sex is about the same, but the laundry's starting to pile up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And with that, um, good night. It was a good one. Uh, we did that one. Shane was in there. Good night. Good night. Y'all have a good evening. Say good night, Amy. Good night, Amy. We are done. My poor, my poor viewers, my poor listeners are like, hey, what the hell is going on with this show? Hey, I live here. I live here. <laughs> Feel for me. Uh, before you go, I've got a good one for you. Yes, sir. The five, facts, the five facts of having a good woman. The first one is she's got to listen to you. The second one is she's got to make you laugh. The third one is she's got to be a good cook. The fourth one is she's got to be good in bed. And the fifth one is make sure the other four don't find out about the other ones. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, we really got to go now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's from Walter from Down Under. This is PPG Grandpa at PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, clearproptv.com, and paratalk.org. Y'all have a great evening. Bye, Good uh, night. We'll see you tomorrow on ppgshane.com.com.com.com. Good night. Good night.